Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocTalk. ZocTalk is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocTalk is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc dot com slash drink. Hello, we're here for episode 147. Yes, 147. And two will have 149. And you know, aww. And you know what? Uh, I think this is the episode right before Thanksgiving. Pass the cranberry sauce. We're having mashed potatoes. Ooh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. Everyone's thanking the whole world. Thanking you for thanking us for thanking you. Kill, kill the, the turkey. turkey. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. All right. That's the end of our show. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> Buy a Casper mattress or something. Promo code drink. No, uh, we are very excited for Thanksgiving. Um, I, it feels kind of far away because we're recording this in advance. But I do have my Christine's special sweaters out. The thrift store. Oh, sweater season is here, guys. <gasps> thrift store holiday sweater. Don't have to wear a bra on this one. Oh. Um, it's always a good sweater. Um, and it's uh, all sorts of patterns. If you're on YouTube, you can see it. It's I got it at a thrift store. Um, and I wear it every day of the fall and winter. So It's true. I, I The second I, I came in today and you were wearing it, <laughs> I was like, wow, this brings me back a whole year. I met with my friend this morning and she's like, I have not seen her in probably a year. And she's like, oh, you're wearing your favorite sweater. I was like, oh my God, I clearly <laughs> never take it off. So you're going to be seeing a lot of this if you're on our YouTube. I apologize. I'm actually doing a throwback today wearing my Price is Right hat. I do love that I meant to point that out. For those of you who don't know, The Price is Right is the first show I worked on when I moved to LA. Precious. Um, I was an intern. I My job was to spin the wheel and make sure that it was spinning right. Oh, I was like on TV. And then no. I was like, wait, no, that's the contestant. Backstage. Oh my god. That gosh. was it. 
I actually don't know if that was my job. That was what they just told me to do to keep me busy. Ugh. Just keep spinning the wheel. Someone just told me Zach Baggins was on Wheel of Fortune. Yes, they are different shows. What did you say? Price is Right. Oh, <laughs> sorry. You said spin the wheel, and I was like, wait a second. Yeah, that's no, the Vanna White. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. My bad. Um, uh, however, Jesse Pinkman was on uh, Price is uh, Price is Right. And Interesting. He, he won. He beat the system. Oh, that's nice. The actor. I say whatever his name is. Remember that time my mom dragged us to Let's Make a Deal? Do I? Mm-hmm. I was half naked because I thought I was supposed to dress in costume. <laughs> yeah, my mom made a lot of requests that morning <laughs> before she met you. Anyway, nice to meet you, Linda. Uh, hello, welcome to our Thanksgiving episode. I guess <sighs> so special. I'm so thankful. Or pre-Thanksgiving, I guess we should say that's true. We're it, still it, thin by the end of the week. Right. I can't promise anything. This is what this big sweater's for. Mm-hmm, practice. Fill it out. Um, also, you guys are probably gearing up to go see family and friends, and we want to wish you luck because I know it can be hard to reconnect with people that you don't see very often and sometimes yes. uh, tensions can rise and trust me we all understand so if you're anything like me and you're from a mm. any version of a broken, a home, broken home maybe you have found an extended family to run away to every thanksgiving which is what i do i don't know if you're new here but if you are i go to seattle every mm. every thanksgiving because it's just so much easier than only going home for a short amount of time and having to fit in like three different families. And... Yeah, I made that mistake this year. I've been in LA every year for Thanksgiving since I moved here until this year. Mm-hmm. I've just finally been like, oh, come on, it's see my worst. mom. And then all of a sudden everyone's like, well, this cousin, like, don't you want to see me too? And don't you mm-hmm. want to see this cousin? And yeah, they haven't seen you in two years. It's kind of like a compliment and that so many people want to see you, but yeah, also but it's... it's the exact opposite of the definition of relaxing. And it's not like an enjoyable, like, complimentary experience when you actually have you're just scheduling and trying to cram in all this time with people i mean i'm making holidays sound really awful right now i know we're big complainers i I mean hello but also i want to say too like i know a lot of people don't have family to visit and it's hard and it's lonely sometimes i hope everyone's Um, at least having a wonderful friendsgiving yeah that's what i've been doing over the past few years and that's always really fun too or if you just want to stay home with your like your cat i mean have a cat's Ooh, giving. That might be even actually, maybe I'll cancel my plans and just do that. <laughs> Probably be, you're the most grateful just I'd imagine of anyone. Out. Yeah. So anyway, happy Thanksgiving to everybody who celebrates it. Um, hope you can find some happiness, at least uh, a diversion in this episode um, from everything else, if yes. you will. Um, I, uh, I know we just probably just yelled this at you, but a reminder, patrons get early access on Cyber Monday. If you skip forward through that, uh, patrons get early access to tickets. Um, and on we'll give December you that code. December 2nd. Mm-hmm, that's right. Cyber Monday. So, patreon.com slash atwwd podcast and we're giving you a secret code that we invented we did invent it we're gonna probably not surprising once you hear it (laughs) you're gonna hear the new name of the tour we're getting very excited yes there's some concept art being thrown around we do this is like the real deal we feel really trying really hard to make this like (sighs) yeah the first one not that our first one wasn't like very important like to us special and awesome but like we figured out a lot of things that we want to do differently we had a running list like even add this one to the list we should do this <laughs> next time and not that or so vice versa we're trying to make this like our second try and then 2021 tour oh. hopefully is just going to be like perfect because we've all the all the kinks will be out oh my god it'll be just your i don't even know how you're going to handle it you're gonna have your mind blown i tell you what um so yeah so keep an eye out for that and also on our social media we'll post like when the when the pre-sale regular pre-sale goes up and then just like when general admission regular tickets go up so keep an eye out for that secret code um and for tour dates we obviously haven't said the cities yet so hopefully we're coming near you we're going to some repeats and some new places so yes we'll find out yep 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 um i brought my list okay okay your list of my list tm of grievances 
Oh yeah, I have. Oh, that's in my I know pocket. you've got one of those. That's not a weird Actually, question. Actually, that's ask. too long to fit into my my computer. Doesn't hold that much storage. Um, no, my uh, my list, my top ten. <gasps> wow, it took you months and months, but let's hear it. Here's the thing: the last three episodes, we've had so much to talk about that I'm like, we don't need this in the beginning. People are already mad that we've talked we've talked so much. So I've been I, refining it. Back in like September, I came up with a list mm-hmm. of my at the moment top ten uh, celebrity crushes. Although it had it, the last four of them kind of interchange in, right. in importance, and also there's others that I didn't list that also end up on there. Today, my uh, one of my crushes is Melissa McCarthy. Oh, fun! Very different than like my usual list, and yeah. that like I, I like someone who can like give a good smolder. I don't know if Melissa McCarthy gives a good I smolder. Feel like she probably could though, but she's got like the do- I, there's something about the domineering personality I'm really into. I oh think. yeah. And this, yeah, I feel like a domineering and a smolder is like goes hand in hand. And she sure. can rock a good red lipstick, which was one of my things that I need. That is a big plus. Anyway. And her- funny. Funny people. I'm always attracted to funny people. It's like. Yeah. It's like just one of those things. Today, mine are Herbery Larson and Laverne Cox. So Okay. All just right. Just to give you an update on my top three instead of giving you my top ten. Well, I'm, I didn't realize this was about your list, so I guess. Okay, Let's hear it. What's, what's Christine's mind, list? Let's I, go. I suppose. Sorry, I'm just steamrolling you. <clears throat> yeah. Well, what else is new? Um, sorry, Empire, if I offended you. Uh, okay, so I feel, like, really nervous about sharing this. And, you know, I think you kind of should, because... Oh, no. Well, because I'm very open about, like, who I have crushes on. I never hear you talk about this Because stuff. I'm, like, so weird about it. I don't know. I know people you have crushes on, but then the second I ever, like, kind of poke fun at you, you get, like, actually offended. It's very weird. I know, because, like, I have problems where I get, like, really... In- I don't know. It's so bad. I'm sorry. I'm such a dork. I'm ready to... Make fun of you on camera. Such a sheltered, like Catholic German child, full of guilt. Can I? Can I guess people, or will I? Yes, actually, yeah, guess. I mean, I don't know how many you'll guess, but well, I know two that you really like that I don't understand. (laughs) Who? Anthony. Well, yeah, he's on there. (laughs) Okay, this is one of the things that's going to be revealed about me. Oh, can I? Can I say? Yeah, Christine. Only, I mean, blaze aside. Not only, but like heavily. Christine can't help herself. It's bad. Even before she knows this information about someone, when they're not even. How, okay. Yeah, she's only pretty much ever falls for gay men, and it's it's not like a joke. Like, haha, it's truly through my two uh, playground husbands, and then my first boyfriend in elementary school. All three are gay, and I went to like private Catholic school. Like that was not a thing that was allowed. It's like if gaydar were a thing. Yeah, Christine has it, and it's if she's in love with someone, just they're probably. The, gay. It's actually a thing that I've learned. I went to American University, which is. Um, I think considered the most LGBT friendly campus in the country or some shit. I don't know. And I remember like my first week there, I was just like, wow, everyone's so all the guys are so hot. And then I was like, oh, wait, four percent of the male population here is straight. So I'm in trouble. Um, So I dated someone at Georgetown instead. But (laughs) but like there's just this instant like if I am like really attracted to someone, I'm just like, oh, well, yeah, they're probably they're probably they're probably gay they're probably gay it's just statistically it's remarkable a list there's a list somewhere that's very long that renee made for me like back in high school because she was like this is troubling like your celebrity (laughs) crushes that's why renee sticks with streck because he's the straightest man alive grotesque (laughs) um so anthony's on there okay i just think he's like the probably the most attractive human i have a straight person that you like who in my mind neve fuck i forgot about neve yeah i do have a crush on neve but then he got kind of weird like, I think he did some shady shit, so. But I did have, you're right, I had a crush on Neve from I, I, Catfish. I remember just being like, you just like gay and or hairy men. Yeah. I yeah. don't get it. I mean. 
Okay. Obviously, I don't get I it. I mean, obviously, so I'll just give you the rest of the people on here that are gay. Uh, Anderson Cooper. <laughs> uh, my first crush ever. And when I say first crush, like celebrity crush, I mean like the first first person where I was like so smitten that I like didn't think I could live without. You know what I mean? Like you like fall in love with a celebrity or actor or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, I'm just so. So like Renee's was normal. It was like Justin Timberlake. Mine was Jonathan Reese Myers because he was in that um, Bend It Like Beckham <laughs> This is so... I thought you were going to say Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That would have made sense. because no, every... I'm not even a little bit attracted to Because he's straight yeah. and hairless. Yeah. Uh-huh. And blonde. Listen. So Jonathan Reese Myers, like, just... Uh, and then one time I... Renee sent me a picture. She's like, here's another one. And it was, like, Out Magazine. And it, he was on the cover. And I was like, motherfucker. Um, so let's see. The other ones I, I don't think are gay. I don't think are gay. Who knows? Um, the first one's John Hamm. He's, like, the, probably the straightest person I have a crush on. Okay. I think he's just very attractive <laughs> woof okay john ham um shamar moore from criminal minds okay um you know those eyes okay god puppy dog badass. eyes um i do think sam hunt is really hot the country oh, the guy singer. that talks slash raps does he oh his- oh blaze hates that song and i love it oh and when like, i worked at iss everyone would be like the talk rapper the, he ta- <laughs> the talk like, country or- like, are you singing or rapping no one knows no he just talks and it, but i love it i just think he's he so, doesn't sing he talks with rhythm but look at him with a white t-shirt and you'll understand <laughs> i will you're right now this is an interesting one natalie dormer interesting game, oh game of thrones i watched that and i went oh dear she's beautiful i've fallen she is beautiful i've fallen um then mark ruffalo interesting i have my hulk shorts on is it are they doing anything oh, for you? there it is <laughs> by the way my hulk shorts are literally just purple shorts is that what that is i okay i was like i didn't get the reference but sure he wears purple shorts got it um mark ruffalo uh cara delavine i don't even know how to say her name cara delavine cara delavine rj's in love with her so i hear about her my often. stomach like turns the eyebrows okay andre holland is a new one i've been watching castle rock uh he was in moonlight he is just so attractive what the hell yeah it's like overwhelming to me you know, I appreciate that you're throwing uh, women on your list, too, because I, everyone everyone's a little interested, I think, Well, I am, and, and it's part. kind of one of those things that I've never really thought about, but I was like, oh, who, who are, like, my crushes? And I, like, listed out several women, and I was like, I never, like, thought, um, I don't know, I don't ever, like... I think that's me with Paul Rudd, to be fair. Like, I get... <laughs> sure. I also get butterflies when Paul Rudd well, shows Paul up. Well, Paul Rudd is at, uh, across the board. I think regardless yeah. of who you are, exactly. everyone's got a crush on Paul but Rudd. But I just... There are, like, a couple of women where I'm like, oh, like, I mean, I don't know. I had a crush on my TA in college, and she was a lady. Oh, I don't... Listen, I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm not putting myself in any boxes. We, <laughs> listen. Does this look like the show we where we put ourselves, put ourselves in boxes? Everyone just is like, oh, Christine... Okay, whatever. Doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> let's keep going. Um... If there were, like, an orientation where you just really are attracted to gay people that will never like you back. But also, me. like, a, a sprinkling of women But somehow. also, maybe I lean that way a little bit, too. But also, I'm I'm straight, but Natalie Dormer, but also gay men. Right. <laughs> Natalie Dormer. I mean, she might be, like, a... Like, okay, doesn't matter. I'm not going to go there. But <laughs> Jesus, she is so... <sighs> okay. Sorry. I can't sit here and pretend, like, if Chris Evans, like, made a move, I would go, right. like, I would go, right. stop, you know? I'd be yeah, like, okay, yeah. whatever. Let's test this out. And then obviously Emma Watson. Well, hello. Which obviously I think was on both of our lists. She's on my which list. Which is interesting because when I made this list, I was like, oh, it's just going to be 10 dudes. Right. It did. It, it was pretty split evenly. I was very surprised. Um, and then, of course, then Jonathan Rhys Meyers, Anderson Cooper, Anthony. Um, but like as for straight men, 
John Hamm, Shamar Moore, uh, Andre Holland, and Sam Hunt. So four and out of Mark, ten. And Mark Ruffalo. Five out of ten. Okay. Actually, there were 11 because you did 11, so. Sure. Um, so 50% success rate There were rate more females than I expected on there, and I was like. Are you learning something I'm, about yourself? I think maybe we're all learning something about me together. <laughs> I don't want to, like, make any broad stroke statements, but I really looked at this list for the last four weeks. Every time I kind of updated, and I was like, oh, nothing's changed. <laughs> so, what? So, ah! I don't know. Okay. Anyway, let's just go on to the show. I appreciate that you're open-minded to. Oh, absolutely. Maybe a lifestyle change if you and Blaze don't work out. I mean, honestly, I'm like, I've never outright said anything otherwise. People, have you ever outright felt anything otherwise? Well, yeah. People so have just, assumed. Well, people, no, people assume like, oh, well, you're just married to a dude. So that's that. Gotcha. You know what I gotcha. mean? I feel like. Yeah. Which is a fair assessment. We've like, all questioned. But all I'm saying is um, maybe there's, you know, I think there's a spectrum maybe maybe there's a, a new chapter in christine's life that we haven't opened yet i've been listen listen i'm just i'm exploring a little bit let's put it that way apparently and you you picked the right time as a married person <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did didn't i um yeah but i mean i think natalie dormer is like up above on the top out mm. of all the, the the ladies but um andre holland is getting up there with john ham uh, natalie dormer i want to look at a better picture of her Okay, Christine's breath is being taken away in front of my so, eyes. Like I watched Game of Thrones with with her in it, and I went like, I everything I thought about myself has just been like <laughs> upended. I mean, she's got she's got the jawline, she's Holy got the smolder. Smoke. I can but agree. Look at the ones where she doesn't have a sh- shirt on. <laughs> Christine, no, she I takes think her top. Are you coming out of the closet? I'm really confused. <laughs> Guys, I think I, I don't think there's always assumed like, oh, well, I'm attracted to like a lot of people. I'm a, I, I didn't know that like that was like I had to, you know, make a statement about it. <laughs> I mean, like, look, at oh, now we'll we're talk like, about now we're like, OK, we'll talk about it. Later. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did tell you I was nervous about this. so OK, well, you know what? I didn't know it was going to be. This I was way. more nervous about Anderson Cooper, but I guess I there's... mean, yeah, she's a very naked and very beautiful woman, despite her nudity. But it. Okay, moving on. Okay. In that <laughs> in that breaking news. Thank God Blaze is not listening about to Christine's of. sexuality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so we'll see. We'll see where things go. We'll Natalie Dormer, are you listening? Oh my don't even start with that. I think she's like actually a real very much a crush of mine. All right, good Cl- to know. Clearly, I guess. I guess we've all learned that by now. You know who I had a and this is a dude that I'm pretty sure I had a legitimate crush on when I was younger. Um, which, by the way, is not like a, a regular thing in my life. Right, right. I, I've never heard you say those words, so this is interesting. No, I really liked Tom Welling mm. from Smallville. Yeah, you know what? A lot of my... I thought he was just a beautiful man. I was never into him, which is weird because I usually am very into like very I'm a beautiful sucker, men. I'm a sucker for light eyes and dark hair. Also women, but apparently... <laughs> apparently also boobs. I guess he's my Natalie Dormer. Where it's like, I don't think I would say no if there was that option. Oh, I don't have anything. Well, okay. Let's change the subject. I'm sorry. We changed the subject. Okay, this one. I don't know how to... I don't know I'm how to... I'm so sweaty. Okay. <laughs> you realize literally everyone will be very happy no. to hear that information. By the way, the Chris team or whatever we're calling it, now everyone thinks that they definitely have a chance with you. The Chris team <laughs> chapel, but now I'm not allowed in because like this isn't okay. And this isn't godly this for is sure. It's not godly. It's not Catholic. The chapel's gonna... Listen, I grew up in like the most insane Catholic school where 
I never thought gay people were a thing. I mean, I not that I didn't think they but I was like, oh, no one in my class is gay. And then after everyone graduated, all of a sudden, all these people were gay. And I was like, oh, wait, you just weren't allowed to say it. Yeah, like, that I happened was so my, fucking sheltered. That was for me, too. I was like, there was literally not a single gay person right. at my school. And then when I got to college... I like found everyone on yeah. Facebook and I was like, why are, where are the straight people? Wait a minute. Like, everyone's why are they gay? holding hands? Is oh. everybody a gay person now? Yeah. So I, uh, I think that I got a little mixed. My wires were all sorts of all over the place growing up. And I think I'm, I just never think about it. Like you said, I never talk about it. So I think I finally, even had, about men to be fair, like no, I you don't. never talk about it. I had some weeks to really think about it. Gotcha. Anyway, I'm to sorry. Ruminate. Ruminate. Okay, let's. Everyone's everyone's queer oh my and God. a little bit, even if it's point one percent. That gay ghost that's after you is gonna. Smack if you, you don't think you are, go look at Natalie Dormer and or Tom Welling and see if Report your mind's back. been changed. Maybe then, maybe not. Maybe it's just us. I don't know. Okay, so okay. here's the thing. What? What? I'm gonna tell you my story. Okay, you said here's the thing, and then I saw you open Twitter, and I got nervous. I am opening Twitter. I be- thought you live streamed this. <laughs> Can you imagine? No. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? You can grow lemon, avocado, olive, or fig trees inside your home on top of the wide variety of houseplants available. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. I am so thrilled that we are working with Fast Growing Trees. I spent about an hour and a half on the website trying to decide what I would love to order from their products. They have so many options and you can actually filter it by zones, by growing zones to make sure you know it'll work in your garden. Um, they have everything from massive privacy shrubs and trees to very, very specific flowers. I actually ended up ordering a lilac shrub for my garden. I recently discovered how much I love the smell of lilac and so I I thought, you know what? Perfect chance. Why don't I get some lilac growing in my yard? I think it's going to smell beautiful. And I also got my mom a little lavender plant as an Easter present. Right now, they have some of the best deals online, like up to half off on select plants. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code DRINK at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code DRINK at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code DRINK. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, so I am on Twitter because my story today is on Twitter. 
what? what do you mean by that says christine uh is it i mean you did dear david i did dear david this is very much like dear david what okay i'm excited so dear david is one of my favorites this was requested by not anyone on twitter this was a family member i think this was my cousin this it's been in the in my phone for a long time and i screenshotted it and then i was like okay maybe one day and then i got back to it and i agree this is worth telling so um this is the greg thread which i don't know who meant how many people have heard about this apparently you mean craig's list that's exactly it no Greg I've never Thorne. heard of such a thing in my life. I'm sorry. Greg's list, if you will. Greg's list. <laughs> Greg's list of tweets. Oh, wait. That's way better. That's like way clever. <laughs> um, Take mine back. Uh, so this is kind of long. So I'm going to... It's it's just like Dear David and that's a series of tweets. Also, Dear David was really long. But Dear David um, had a... like the, I used a bustle article that had kind of uh, compressed like all the important parts of the story. So it was kind of easier to read. Um, nobody has done this yet that I know of for the Greg thread. So it's literally I had to go into oh, cool. Greg's Twitter. Um, the handle is gr three g o r y eight eight. So Gregory eighty eight. Oh, Leet. Yeah, remember Leet? No, Leet. Uh, it was like that language. Well, I was for real. I had no friends in high school. Um, but it was that language where you write with numbers. Like I didn't know it was ever called anything. I just thought that was, was what called cool people did. One three three seven oh. and it was called leet i never knew it had a name yeah and it's like i want to go tell people about that but everyone would be like well yeah well yeah <laughs> i mean maybe i just know that i don't know that's super cool but no, i always just called it oh and people write with numbers it drove me crazy because my brother would be like i'm writing it in leet and i was like stop why <laughs> it's a high it's a high school essay the don't... original leet was writing boobs on a calculator thank you uh so a bunch of people who are like Gen Zers are like, what's, what are you talking about? What's a calculator? <laughs> They're also like, what are boobs? So suck it. Uh, so children. Gregory, uh, or the Greg thread is very creepy. Uh, halfway through, I kind of got the sense that it might be fiction. Um, it's for you to determine, but it is super scary. I was reading it in the middle of the night and I like needed to put music on because the it kind of oh, psyched me out a little that bit. that kind of scary. So um, I like when M gets scared. So I am going to kind of read this kind of quickly. Um, I mean, it's it's long. Like, it's not like I'm going to blaze through it, but um, there are a lot of tweets to get through. So I'm going to kind of read it as if it's one big chapter of a book or something. Sure. Um, just because there's a lot to cover. The, the story starts October 29th and ends uh, January of this year. So there's three or four months worth of tweets. Wait, October 29th of? Of 2018. Oh, God. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, it's like a year old now. Yeah. So there's like four months worth of tweets, and they were pretty long. Um, so I am I know, I know feel like this is kind of cheating in a weird way, because I feel like I didn't do any notes. I'm just reading something verbatim. Somebody put something about murder on Twitter, and I'll just read it. Okay. Well, don't, because that probably ends badly. But... Unless like, you go to jail afterwards. Yeah, um, don't do that. But so I am... Going to read this. This kind of seems to me like it's as if Dear David and Creepypasta had a baby. Oh, dear God. Well, what? So I, and then I also don't know, I do want to, I should ask you like off camera, but do you know if we're allowed to post pictures from this? Like if he posts a picture, can we put it up? Probably not unless we get his permission. Okay. So I mean, I guess maybe we could put it up and put the Twitter handle. Let's just put the Twitter handle right here. Yeah. And then you can go find it and watch the videos. And if there is something that, comes up i'll describe it sure i just don't want to 
yeah I go think against you know maybe we'll put them up but to be safe at the very least we'll put the uh we'll put the the and then in the show notes we can also put it for those listening via audio cool yeah ear holes um so i'm just gonna get started um october 29th 2018 i do appreciate that just so we're clear if you feel like you have to go all the way back through his twitter um to like january to start reading the tweets you don't have to because uh this seems to be its own book like once this greg thread happened no more tweets have happened since <gasps> so and then before it there's only like four or five random tweets um like i had like spaghetti like or something. I, I ate eggs or something oh, yeah okay and so it's it's interesting because if this is fiction it was kind of clever of him to kind of do some like random tweets at first to make it look like a more authentic twitter totally although in hindsight um i'll get back to it but it seems like some of these actually now make sense after reading the greg thread where they were almost foreshadowing things okay. in the story oh ooh, okay tell me tell me tell me tell me <clears throat> all right so i'm just gonna start with the story and then i'll tell the what some of the initial tweets were great so the first one that kind of begins it all is october 29th 2018 there's a picture of I, I imagine greg took this of a log with a little worm on it i did see the little slug out of the corner of my eye and it says made a new friend that seems like a Christine tweet if I ever saw one. And you the would slug be like, becomes a demon. No, I'm kidding. Oh! oh. Remember <laughs> when I saved that fruit fly and you would never have forgiven me? I don't think the internet's forgiven you. People still talk about that. People were appreciative of my humanitarian effort. <laughs> Thank you very much. So, uh, so there's essentially, it's a picture of him in the woods is what matters. Um, Great. Greg then tweets out, something weird is happening in the woods outside my house and I don't know what to do. And I'm going to keep talking just so everyone's in the clear. There are going to be several tweets, but I'm going to read them as if they're a paragraph. So I'm not letting them be broken up. I'm just trying to read. <laughs> You're like it. thread one out of two. Right. right. <laughs> all right. So as I'm reading, don't assume it's all one tweet. It's all together. Something weird is happening in the woods outside my house, and I don't know what to do. I guess I should start at the beginning. This isn't really my house. It was my grandpa's, but I guess it's mine now. He died a couple months ago, and because of some tricky paperwork, I am apparently responsible for it now. Oh, great. Uh, he lived pretty far away, up in the mountains by the lake. There are a couple other houses down, in the, uh, down the road, but they seem like they're empty for their season. They're empty for the season. I assume they're summer houses. I've been here for a few days, but it's really, it's really pretty, but it's super quiet and chilly. And then... Uh, there's just pictures of like the lake and the woods um, just to show you like what it kind of looks like. Oh, I'm so scared of the woods. Just very empty woods. Oh, I'm so scared. <clears throat> my mom never talked about my grandpa and I only met him once when I was really young. I think they had a bad relationship, but the few times I asked about it, she got annoyed and changed the subject. So basically, I don't really know what I'm doing here. This guy from my grandpa's estate basically told me the house is mine now. So I came up here to sell it as fast as I can and go home. I guess it's not that easy to just sell a house, especially one in the middle of nowhere. At any rate, I think I'm alone up here. Or at least I was. Oh, I figured I'd be up here for a couple of weeks to get all this handled, and then I'd go home and be done with it. Mm. On a break from grad, I'm on a break from grad school, so I don't have any other responsibilities at the moment. But now, weird things are starting to happen. It started on my third day here. There's a little town about 25 minutes away that I've gone to to get some food and supplies, since I don't know how long I'm staying. Uh, when I got back that evening, there was something strange on my door. And Christine, can you describe oh, this? Oh, my God. It looks Blair Witchy is what I can tell you. Uh, so 
Greg says, it was this artifact? I don't know what to call it. It was obviously handmade. It was made of sticks and twine and had some small bones, bones. tied in the middle of it. Bones. So it's like a triangle of uh, like these kind of broken sticks uh, tied together with twine. And then in the middle, there's also a string of twine with little bones wrapped into the twine. And yes. it looks like a triangle. Looks like something from the Blair Witch. It literally looks like Blair Witch stuff. Yeah. I didn't think too much of it at the time. Oh, I figured... wh- what? Okay. Okay. Just so we're clear. This story is going to have a lot of those moments where you're like, why are you still here? I guess, you know, you if you're in that scenario, you're like, well, what else am I going to do? Right, right. Except tweet about it. I didn't think too much of it at the time. I figured I was probably a kid. It was probably a kid from one of the other houses trying to mess with me. So I took it off the door and tossed it in the fireplace. Excuse me? By the next morning, I'd pretty much forgotten about it. And honestly, I had too much on my plate at the moment to worry about some kid's prank. So I got up that morning, made some breakfast and went out on the deck with some coffee. I was sitting there drinking my coffee when I noticed something hanging in the tree just over the railing. It was another one of those artifacts. Good night, Christine. Exact same thing. Oh, my God. The same thing, but now it's hanging in a tree and it looks, it's like different, obviously, but it's the same idea. It was just like the last one, but it had a rock tied to it instead of that what that is. Oh, well, that's an upgrade, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Or a downgrade. Um, I suppose. And then immediately I saw another one in a tree farther down by the ground. I went down the deck steps to retrieve it. And then I started seeing even more of them. I found about eight in total hanging in trees all around the house. (sighs) So there. Holy There's just a bunch of them. There's ones with a feather. a, A bird feather just tied into it. They all had different objects tied to them. Bones, feathers, that sort of thing. It was definitely weird, but I was more annoyed than anything, thinking that someone in my yard decorated the tree with ugly goth Christmas ornaments. I, you are, those are some fighting words, To Greg. be fair, I was like, oh, this looks like something like my weird friends and I would have made in high school. Like, <laughs> oh, look how spooky we are. Also, if someone was trying to scare me, it was going to take more than some bullshit art and crafts project to do the trick. I gathered all the artifacts together and burned them like the first one. This is not a good idea. After I disposed of all the sticks, I took a shower, got dressed, and went back outside to do some basic tidying and whatnot. That was when I found something that actually did make me nervous. Oh, what is it? I was raking a corner of the yard when I saw something dark on the ground off in the trees. I couldn't tell what it was from afar, so I went to investigate. I don't even want to look. At first, I thought it was a blanket, but when I got closer, it was a big sweatshirt or hoodie. Yeah. I didn't want to touch it, but it was obviously clothing of some kind. It looks like a like a blue hoodie. Literally a navy blue hoodie. That doesn't look as scary. I looked around and realized it was a whole encampment. <gasps> there were a couple old socks, a pair of what I think was underwear, uh, a few old napkins scattered around, a plastic spoon, and creepiest of all, a beat-up notebook. <laughs> Goodbye. I flipped open the notebook, but nothing was written inside. A whole bunch of pages had been ripped out of it, so I know someone had been using it. Plus, you could sort of see the shadow of pen marks on the most recent page. I couldn't make out what it was written. Why are you still there? Anyway, that definitely freaked me out. It was clear someone was camping out on my property and possibly trying to scare me out of the house. I wasn't really sure what to do about it. What could I do? I definitely didn't sleep all that night. Why would you be in this house? (sighs) It's all bad. Uh, that was the day before yesterday. The next morning, I sort of expected more weird artifacts to be outside, but I didn't see anything, and the encampment was gone, so I figured it was probably a homeless person passing through. The driveway ends away up from the house, and then you have to trek down a path which bends around the side of the house to get in. I was walking around the house when I saw some movement across the yard, near a tree, and I froze dead in my tracks. Yes. I thought that was the end, and I turned my attention back to the house. I realized the house was almost no... I realized the house had almost no cleaning products, and I went to go pick some supplies up. 
and then I came home. The driveway ends a ways at my house, and then you... Oh, sorry, it was a repeat. The driveway ends a ways at my house, and then I... Blah, blah, blah. I saw something near the tree, and I froze dead in my tracks. Someone was standing under my tree, under the tree, staring at my house. Well... I like the version better where you said, I saw some movement anyway, then I just moved on. <laughs> and then I went to go buy Windex. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what happened? Okay. But so no. I froze that in my tracks because this house had no cleaning products and I was not about to I fucking was like, stay there. Listen, forget the Swiffer. There's something way worse going on here. Someone was standing under a tree staring at my house. Good. They didn't see me though, Bye. since I was also partly behind some trees and a good distance away. Whoever it was, they were wearing the same dark hoodie I'd seen in the grass the day before. The fact that they didn't know he could see them. Oh, spooky. No, there's a picture? What is it? <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, um, that can't be real. Mm-hmm. Stop. Someone's standing with... Uh... It looks like a druid, like a hooded figure. And you can see that, like the silhouette of their face in the... Like, it's not dark out. It's like twilight almost. Uh, it was terrifying. I would say it was literally just it looked like a dementor kind of it did it looked like druid like a they had like a cloak on or something but it was a if you look it's like a hoodie yeah it's and almost just, scarier that it's a hoodie because it's just like because you can't see the face well and it's also like a regular it's not like they're wearing a big cloak to like scare you it's like they're just wearing a normal outfit also it's scary that they're not doing anything except standing there and just staring at the house that's the worst part to me because they could be doing something <sighs> so much creepier they, if they wanted yeah. to um i stood there sorry go ahead no i was saying they have this notebook which who knows what the hell they're staring and writing about oh as i as quietly as i could i set down my shopping bags next to me and slipped my phone out i managed to take a couple pictures but the person turned and disappeared into the woods i stood there for a couple minutes too nervous to move in case the person came back but they didn't so i picked up my bags and hurried inside i picked up the phone to call the cops but put it back down because I didn't even know what I'd tell them. There was a man on my property staring at the house, and I found out that he's <laughs> camping out next to my house. Uh, what? Well, Gregory said, someone was looking at my house like any police officer would take me seriously. Well, you gotta, you gotta try. A druid was looking at my house. And like an idiot, I destroyed all the weird artifacts from before so they wouldn't even be, there wouldn't even be any evidence. I felt like there was nothing I could do. I was mad at myself and feeling scared all alone in the house, so I locked all the doors and left out the back. I went down to the lake because I didn't know what else to do. Not, not that. That's the worst to go leave the go deeper into the woods. I locked all the doors, then left the house, and then left the Wait, walked home. That, yeah, right. I walked a ways down the lake shore, then sat for a while looking out the water. I thought about getting in my car and just going home, but I felt like that would get me in trouble. There's all sorts of property tax stuff I don't understand, and I feel trapped. Also, I couldn't decide if I was actually in danger. When my grandpa died, it took me a couple months to actually get up to the house. So maybe someone was just squatting in there. And now that oh. I'm there, they might leave there on their own accord. Or maybe they were like staring at the house thinking like, oh, should I left something in there? I wonder like if right. they were like squatting. There or could something. be a legitimate reason. All my Windex is in there. I need to get it out. <laughs> the, the parts of my notebook that I wrote on. Are oh, yeah. There. All my pages. It was starting to get dark, so I reluctantly headed back to the house. I walked up the stairs leading to the back of the house, but right before going inside, I got this weird chill. I made up my mind that I absolutely did not want to stay in that house overnight. Thank you. I decided to go into my car and drive into town and find a motel for the night. The oh. house was all locked up, and I already had my keys, so I went back around the house and led to the driveway. Uh, and that's when I saw her. Huh? Her? Who? The figure from before, standing right in the middle of my front lawn, staring straight at my house. I froze in place, completely in shock. I was practically next to her, but it was almost as if she didn't see me. <laughs> Wait, so, okay, so it's the same night. Finally, he decides, you know what, I'm heading out. I'm going to town. And he gets back to the car, and he's like, oh, she's back, but closer? Mm-hmm. On, on the property now, not hiding in the woods. 
So this is where it becomes a little creepypasta-y. Um, so this is where my my believability goes down. But it's still a very, very, very good story so far. So the frig- figure standing in the yard. Then it hit me. She hadn't seen me because she couldn't see me. Because she had no eyes. Huh? Sorry. What? Had no eyes. Just skin over where her eyes should be. Okay. I wanted to run, but I felt like if I moved even a little, she would hear me. Yep. As quietly as I could, I went for my phone. I needed some sort of evidence to show the cops. It all felt as if this was happening in slow motion. I feel sick to my stomach as I'm writing this. And then there is a video, which I want to show you afterwards instead of now. But he basically gets a video of the person just standing there without the hood and just staring at the house. And then he just runs. With no eyeballs. With no eyes. Can you see the part with no eyes? Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see this. And he just runs afterwards. Like, it's like maybe four seconds of footage I and runs. I would not like to be a part of this. I ran back around the house and got inside. It goes inside the house that this thing is staring at. That seems smart. I scrambled upstairs and looked out my bedroom window <laughs> at the front yard, but she had vanished. Remembering it now, it feels like I didn't, it didn't really happen. Like it was a nightmare or something. I called the cops and explained what happened. I'm sure I sounded crazy, but they said they'd send someone by morning. By morning. No. Uh, and to keep my doors locked. So that's where I am now. It is hard to be like, oh, there's a lady outside and not, you know. Yeah. A dude calling the police being like, there's a lady wandering around, but my doors are locked. Like, they probably didn't think it was very pressing. Um, so this is a couple days later. He said he had shitty reception. Um, I explained everything to the cop and even uh, took him to the clearing where I found the stuff, but it was all gone except for the notebook. And since the notebook is empty, it was basically useless. I feel like the cop didn't believe me anyway. I showed him the phone, I uh, the photos I took of the stick things. He said at worst it was considered vandalism. Um, he kept asking if I knew the person in the video. I think he just thought I was trying to prank him. After he left, I went back and got the notebook from the clearing. Uh, maybe there's a way to figure out what was written on the last page. Anyway, the cop drove away and I was alone again. It's so quiet up here. All I want to do is leave, but I feel like I can't. I'm so far away from home. Uh, I haven't seen the woman from before. This is now Halloween, LOL. <laughs> Uh, but I still feel like she's out there and other weird things are happening too. I took a walk around the lake yesterday because I wanted to get a look at the other houses in the area, maybe to see if someone had noticed anything weird, but they're all empty. Every house is totally dark and there are no cars in any of the driveways. I haven't seen a single person at all except once. Well, sort of. After I came back from my walk, I was out on the deck and I saw a boat in the water way off in the distance. They weren't moving. They weren't moving. They stayed there all afternoon. I feel like they were watching me. It's like a silhouette of a little boat off in the distance. Yep. In still water. They actually stayed out there in the same place until it got too dark to see them anymore. Normally, I'd think they were just fishing if I weren't, if it weren't for what happened the day before. And the fact that all these houses seem empty, where did they come from? Were they fishing also? Because if they weren't, then that's also part of the reason. That's fair, too. And it doesn't. <laughs> the boat was gone this morning, so who knows? I that was a dog. Sorry, what just happened? <laughs> that was a dog yelping outside. Oh, I thought that was Geo. Oh, was it? I don't know. Maybe I misunderstood. Sorry. Maybe there's someone with a hood Maybe out I there. I misunderstood his yelp. Uh, the boat was gone this morning, so who knows? I microwaved some oatmeal for breakfast and took it down to the dock near the water. It's weird, but I guess I feel safer down there. The water makes me feel less stressed. Yeah, it is weird. It okay. is weird because the place you should feel safest is on the highway towards a, a big fucking city yes. where nobody is like this person's not going to find you. Where people with with eyes, I f- kind of feel. Exist. I kind of feel like time goes by faster when I'm by the lake. It feels meditative. Anyway, I was actually starting to feel a little better about everything. 
and I was starting to head back to the house when I noticed something in the water. I'm going to be ill. What is it? It was this tiny little inlet by the shore. It was small and white, and at first I thought it was a brightly colored rock, and it seemed too round. Probably against my better judgment, I took off my shoes and went into the water to retrieve it. (laughs) It was an eyeball. No. Actually, it says it was an eyeball. A fucking eyeball. But not a real eyeball. This has to be from an animal, right? Please tell me this oh, is no, from... Oh, no, it is a real eyeball. Please tell me this is from a big fish or something. I threw it back in the water and hustled back up the house. I washed my hands in the sink and then sat on the couch for a long time. And then set the house on fire and... No? I don't know what's going on. I can't believe I picked that up out of the water. I still feel disgusting. And to make matters worse, the boat is back out there. It showed up again this afternoon and it's just sitting there in the same place as yesterday. Are they watching me from that boat? Yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. I can confidently tell They're you. They're just throwing eyeballs in the water staring at you. Oh. I keep hearing things at night. This is now November 6th. I keep hearing things at night. I stand out on the deck and I feel like I hear things moving through the trees. It's probably just deer or something, but I can't help imagining it's something else. I'm sure I'm making it out to be worse than it is. Are deer nocturnal? I see them out on the road sometimes when I'm driving. I try not to think about it. But last night it was worse. I heard screams. Oh my god. That sounds so stupid to say, but I don't know what else to call it. I was brushing my teeth and heard something out on the bathroom window. I'm sure it was an animal, but my toothbrush was buzzing, so I can't be unsure. Because he was using... Quip. Quip. And then this morning, I found the bloody remains of something. Oh! Right in the middle of the yard, it was literal intestines. And they were fresh. I feel like I can't even post something like that on Twitter. Like, yeah. is it going to get flagged if I post it? Probably. I don't know what to do. I mean, I'm about to flag that goddamn eyeball photo. There's a photo of it. If you have an eyeball thing, be careful. Maybe I can upload it separately and share the link or something. Fair warning, this is pretty gross, so I don't... <gasps> Great. So don't look if you're squeamish. I'm sure it's an animal, but what But what did this, and why was it left right in front of All my right, house? let me see it. Oh. And like the bees, there's like bees and yellow jackets already eating at it. And there's like fur. You know, what's weird too is, you know, if an animal, like I've grown up with cats and things, if there's an animal that's been attacked, like they, like this is like perfectly formed intestine. Like none of that is torn up or like eaten. Yeah. Something just got pulled out of it almost. It's just like. But it's also legitimate in that there's like, there's bugs all over it, like eating at it now. It's been removed from something and set there. Yeah, sorry, it's disgusting. Anyway, I scooped it up with a shovel and flung them into the woods. And besides, no, that's when you call the police and say, is this, what is this? What, yeah, truly, There's an what eyeball is this? somewhere. I've been trying to figure out what's written in the notebook from the woods. I've had it a couple days and I can see faint letters, but I can't make them out. A bunch of people rep- replied to, and told me to do pencil or charcoal rubbing. Um, I found a bunch of pens, but no pencils, so I had to go back into town. I was actually really hard to find charcoal. Um, <laughs> I guess it would be, huh? <laughs> Especially if you're in a town where, like, there's, like, five people. Right. It seems like people in town are starting to recognize me. I don't like it. It didn't plan... I didn't plan to be here that long, but it looks like I might not have a choice. People are nice enough, but it seems like the kind of town where everyone knows everyone and I definitely don't belong. When I was in the hardware store, these little kids were following me around, giggling and making fun of me. I think they were twins. I couldn't really hear... I saw your body regurgitate. (laughs) Uh, I couldn't really hear what they were saying, but I'm sure they were making fun of me. On the way out of town, I stopped at a grocery store, but they were out of some of the things I wanted. It charcoal. Like, <laughs> it, charcoal. It seems like they're always out of stuff. They've been out of eggs for a couple of days, so I've gotten some Pop-Tarts and stuff and left. Thank you for that, though. Good, I, good, I, no, good 
random fact about this town. I mean, I'd be really appreciative to know what type of Pop-Tart, but I guess if you're not going to let me know. That's <laughs> not egg fine. type. Not Ew. Not charcoal type. <laughs> nope. Um, anyway, the notebook. I've actually been putting it off for most of the afternoon because I wasn't sure I wanted to find out what the woman was writing in it. I can't ignore it forever. I'm going to eat dinner and I guess try the charcoal. I'll be back in a bit. Jesus, I did a charcoal rubbing oh. over the most recent page. No. I'm sort of freaking out. Sort of. And here is a post. <gasps> and it just says in Chicken Scratch over and over, they took my eyes. They took my eyes. They took my eyes. They took my eyes. I'm going to vomit. And it gets bigger and more aggressive. Yes. It gets bigger and more aggressive. What even is this? What the fuck? I feel like I'm going to throw up. I need to go sit down. I, what the hell is going on? I also feel like I'm going to throw up. That's heinous. I called my mom yesterday. I wanted to see if she knew anything about this place. She said I've actually been here before when I was really young, but I don't remember any of that. I tried to ask again why she never got along with my grandfather, but she was so cagey about it that she um, she grew up in a small... She grew up in a town nearby, and my grandfather didn't move into this house until after my mom left for school. I guess she never really came back. Mm. So now him and his mom have real no relation to this house right we talked for a little bit but my reception here is spotty she asked if she if there's still wine in the cellar and i told her there wasn't a cellar but she said there is down in the basement off to a corner after she hung up i went downstairs to look and she was right oh there's a bunch of old antiques finally there's wine (laughs) oh everywhere there's wine there's a bunch of old antique stuff in the basement and behind some filing cabinets there's a dusty little wine cellar i can't believe i missed it at first it's full of wine and some of it is really old i mean some of it's literally like oh yeah that's like some... tearing apart i see oh wait go back to um this looks, this looks like my this grandma's. is christine's uh this looks like my grandma's cellar in uh in bavaria the big old house <laughs> any of this mean anything to you um yeah some of them are newer ones but like these guys are old at the bottom well, there's these too there were also these weird wooden Whoa! wine stoppers all over the place. Forget it. Those are creepy little faces. And then there's like a dead rat on the ground saying like from the looks of it, nobody's been down here for a while. Cute. Uh, and wow. look at some of these bottles. I don't think any, I don't know anything about wine. I wonder if there are any good. Anyway, at least I have a surplus of alcohol down here to keep my mind off of I was going to say things, things have turned up a little bit. Look, this is from 1864, I mean, this wine. 1934. <gasps> wow. It's apple brandy from 1864, apparently. Apple brandy. Wow. Yeah, you're going to have to imbibe a lot of that. And you deserve (laughs) it at this point. Uh, This house keeps surprising me. I keep finding weird shit around the property. Like, there's a collapsed shed in the back a little way through the trees. Like, this is my dream house except for the woman without eyes. Right. The rest of it, I'm all about An abandoned wooden cabin. Yeah, with secret cellars and stuff. I love that. Uh, None of it makes sense. And there's something else I found out that I can't stop thinking about. Oh, God. There's so much junk around this house that I'm trying to clean it up, partly because it'll help uh, the place sell faster, but also to keep my mind off things. I was sorting through some debris and found these old rusty letters in a pile on the ground, partly under the foundation. I couldn't see, I could see some nail holes on the side of the house, so I think they were on the house at one point. <gasps> I know sometimes people give lake houses names. I can't figure out what they might have said, though. I brought them inside and laid them all out on the kitchen floor. So then he posts this picture of all the letters and asks his like followers to be like, what could this Decode spell out? It, but... Yeah. yeah. So that comes back later. Um, but he did ask people to write in. He is laying out a good story. I will say like, I know who knows if how much of this, but definitely enticing the fact. Totally. The fact that he's like, Oh, what could this mean? Right. Definitely. But, like anyway, pandering to the audience. Oh here. yeah. So, okay. So now it's November 21st. Sorry for not updating in a while. The reception up here is terrible, and I haven't been able to get Twitter to load. 
I've mostly been trying to keep busy getting the house in shape to sell. A realtor is supposed to come here next week to help me formally list it. Okay, that makes more sense. I was wondering, like, why the hell he's spending so much time Windexing. But, okay, if you're trying to get rid of the house, sell it. That makes more sense. Yeah, I guess, like, trying to just make it look presentable first. clean up the yard. Like, that makes more sense. Clean up all, like, the weird debris and, like, make sure you store the wine for yourself. Put some eyeballs, like, outside of the the view of the potential customers. Yeah, try to get the weird person in the woods out of the way. Yeah, you don't want new uh, potential owners seeing, you know... (laughs) intestines but there's something weird about the town down the road that i can't figure out i've been getting cabin fever pretty bad so the other day i drove into town to have breakfast and wander around a little bit to get my mind off things there's only one restaurant in town from what i can tell i went in there to eat and the whole experience was sort of bizarre i'm not really sure to how to explain it anyway i ordered the eggs benedict off the menu the waitress had a pretty chilly attitude but then she brought me my food and they totally forgot the eggs on my eggs benedict it was just ham and hollandaise. Oh, but they were out of eggs. But the whole town seems to be out of eggs. I called the waitress back and told her she'd forgotten my eggs, and she said, we don't have that. I asked how a diner could not have eggs. <laughs> but actually. And she said sorry and walked away. It was so weird. I was so confused, so I took a second look at the menu. I realized the description doesn't actually list eggs in the Benedict, and then I realized eggs aren't listed anywhere on the menu, there's, okay, there's even a picture. in the sides. It's called Benedict. <laughs> I love that. Also, but, it's called All American Homestead Diner since 1953. That's so, the name of the I mean, restaurant. It is a real menu. Like he's at least like this is. I mean, he's if this is fake, he committed. Like he must have worked at ISS with me or something and made say, a fake menu, or he had to purchase in bulk like 500 menus right. to make one photo. But it. I mean, even says like Florentine English muffin with feta cheese and spinach. Benedict English muffin, Canadian bacon, and hollandaise. And then, like, buttermilk pancakes. And, like, all the sides, the sides are bacon, sausage, turkey bacon, Canadian bacon, home fries, grits, and corned beef So, hash. like, all the, all, everything, every staple except for, like, the, like, only breakfast staple of eggs. That's yeah. so weird. French toast breakfast. It's literally just served with butter. <laughs> so, like, how do you even make French toast without... That's a good question. Eggs, right? Like... That's a good question. Wow. There's the continuity error I'm seeing. Good point, yeah. Because the French toast, I mean... Yeah. It's just mm. bread. Just toast. It's American toast. That's right. Uh, it's no longer French. What kind of diner doesn't have eggs at all? That might make sense if this were a vegan restaurant or something, but they have meat all <laughs> over the menu. I can't figure it out. A very, very astute. Oh, yeah. Also on my way out, there's a family in a booth sort of watching me leave. They're all re- being really quiet in a sort of obvious way. They had two twin girls with them. Not this again. I, I'm definitely not coming back here. Oh, I, I thought you meant you. I was like, yeah, me neither. No. <laughs> Definitely not going to the All-American Homestead since 1953. I love eggs. I will not be attending. I was thinking about uh, I was thinking about it the whole way home. There are too many things that don't make sense. I don't feel any closer to figuring it out. But one thing seems clear. I'm not welcome here. When I got home, I found something folded up and wedged in my front door near the handle. Good night. Get a ring doorbell. What is it, Christine? I don't want to know. <gasps> oh! Oh! Oh, no! It's a folded up piece of paper that just has someone had written leave and it's definitely that same handwriting same handwriting it just says leave it was written on the back of some sort of tag i suspect it was that eyeless woman from before mm. i haven't seen her but i still think she's out there wait what's on the tag is it like a clothing tag oh uh clean and dry repair area thoroughly cut patch larger than repair area is it for a band-aid or something Plas- place patch over holes and press down firmly do not oh it's a uh, for um I think it's for like an air mattress. Oh, right. Okay. Like a patch, like a place over. Oh, the hole yeah. And then don't inflate for 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Okay, so, I mean, I don't know if that's necessary to it the story. Like, I don't know. It looks Random like... Random tag. But, like, air mattress, that's kind of creepy if there's someone... Sleeping outside? Out? I don't know. Uh, I think something bad is coming. I'm going to go pop another bottle of wine. I don't know what else to do. That, that. You're right. That's the only thing you can do at this point. Uh, a couple days before December, I saw something out in the woods today. Well, that's always good. I've been trying not to spend all my time... I've been trying to spend all my time... Sorry. I've been trying to not spend all my time at the house. Good. Uh, since being cooped up all the time makes me feel crazy, even though it might not be uh, super safe to be out alone in the woods. Oh, no, maybe not super safe. Uh, and then, uh, anyways, I was talk- I was taking a walk today, and these woods would be so pretty if I didn't feel like someone was going to murder me out here. That's what I say every time I walk through the woods, though. I was almost enjoying myself when I stumbled into a clearing and found something strange. Oh! There was a single filthy chair overlooking an edge. It's like a folding chair. And it didn't seem that creepy at first, but I got this funny feeling, so I took out my phone and pulled out my maps app, and sure enough, the chair was pointed the exact direction of my house. I was probably a mile away from home. Vomitous. It made me feel- A mile away? Yeah. Oh, God. It made me feel queasy, and I didn't want to stick around, so I hustled out of there, but I barely- I walked 30 feet when I found something else, something way worse. I keep scaring. Every time you scroll, I, like, have to look away. I'm really nervous. And there's another- There's a video- (gasps) What is that? And pictures is that a skull? of another shrine of some sort of bone creature, something something bone, with a bunch <gasps> of snail shells and rocks and twigs on it. It's another artifact and it's, kind of thing. And it's like moss shaped in a triangle again mm-hmm. around the bone. Uh, with what the hell is this as the caption? Oh, God. Um, ay, 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 ay. Sorry, I went too far. Nope, I didn't go too I didn't go far enough. That's the problem. Hang on a sec. I think my Twitter had to reload itself. Sorry. Christine, entertain them. So here's what you do. If yeah, what would you do if you were him right now? I would hire somebody to go, you know, tidy or what, what's that one handy? Hire someone to go clean the house, call a real estate agent and be like, I will meet you there for one hour on one hour only. <laughs> and then you can sell this place. Sure. All the money you are going to put toward all those eggs, just put it toward the real estate agent. All right, good. Oh, take, you, the take the wine. Take the wine and any version of a weapon you can. Sage the wine and then take the wine. I finally pulled myself away and practically stumbled away from the rock. I felt dizzy walking away and I just wanted to go back home. I started back in the direction of the house and that's when I saw her. No. The woman from before. No. no. She was standing up on a hill, seemingly staring at nothing. I darted behind a nearby tree, but luckily I don't think she saw me. She doesn't have eyes. Yeah, we already well, got to figure that out, man. I hadn't seen her in weeks, but I knew she was still out here. And there's a video. I'm gonna throw up. I'm of this going to throw up. woman just standing, cloaked in the woods, staring oh, down at the ground, facing this way, like, facing you, as like if she had camera. eyes, she would see you. I took a video from behind the tree. I don't even know why. It's not like it'll do any good, but at least I have proof that I wasn't imagining any of this. It looks like a, a dementor. dementor, but like scarier because it's like a hoodie and it looks like a real person is just troubled. It's literally a nine-second video of just someone just standing there and doing nothing in the middle of the woods. Like the video's from behind a tree, so it keeps kind of going in and out. 
Forget. Um, I'm gonna. For God's sakes. I'm sorry. The story's long, but I promise it's good. <gasps> Eventually, she left the hill and disappeared into the woods. Once I was sure she was gone, I practically ran back home. The practically, actually. Uh, I would hope so. The whole way back, I kept expecting her to appear and attack me or something. I don't understand what she's doing out there. Is she a witch? That sounds so stupid, but I don't know how to explain any of this. Those weird stick artifacts and now this thing on the rock. It feels like fucking witchcraft. Blair witch. Blair witchcraft. And who's that on the boat that I keep seeing out on the lake? Why is everyone in town so weird? At this point, I want answers. I feel like I'm getting close to something. I'm just scared of what the answers might be. Oh, my God. I found out what those letters spell. Okay, I already have goose cam. I'd basically forgotten about it after finding them outside the house. I put them back in the closet and pretty much stopped thinking about them. But yesterday I found something else. There's this little alcove upstairs with a bunch of old books, sort of like a mini library. I was flipping through some of them when I came across a little book about wine <laughs> written by Christine oh, Schaefer. That's <laughs> tucked inside. There were a couple of old Polaroids and they were pretty faded. The second one was the blurriest was blurrier than the first one. For a minute, I didn't know what I was looking at, but then I realized it was the side of the house and the letters I found on the ground a couple weeks ago. The photo is super fuzzy, so it took me a second, but I was able to make it out, and it spells Deep Water Chapel. For fuck's sake. This was so weird. I never heard that name before. Was my house an old church or something? I spent the afternoon going through all the other books in the, pic in the library, but didn't find any other pictures. I don't know what to make of this. I'll let you know if I find anything else, but yeah, I don't know. December 12th. Read it, Christine. She was here. That woman was in my house. Yep. Holy crap! <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I can barely type. Sorry, I'll try to explain. All right, so I was in the woods out back yesterday. Why, on, why are you not somewhere else? Go home. Have you not read what we've read on your Twitter? You know on Mean Girls when uh, Tina Fey, like... It just, the girl who, like, doesn't even go here. <laughs> Tina Fey's like, go home. Yeah, just, just. So just. many people in the comments of this thread just post that gift. Really? It's, it's so, so funny. good. I mean, God, that's the only thing I could think, though, is, like, leave. Uh, I was in the woods out back yesterday when it started pouring. It happened really suddenly, and even though I wasn't far from the house, I got soaked. It got soaked anyway. I got soaked anyway. It rained most of the evening. I left my clothes by the fireplace to dry and ended up going to bed early. Or I guess it was today. Sorry, I'm still not really awake yet. Anyway, I had this awful dream tonight. God damn it. Sorry if I'm rambling a bit. I'm still trying to collect my thoughts. My hands are shaking. In the dream, I was on the deck outside with a bunch of friends from back home. We were all sitting in a circle. My friend Eric was there talking about how creepy the woods were. He was saying how the trees were just like black silhouettes and anything could be out there watching you and you'd never know it. <laughs> Isn't that fun? He was sort of freaking me out. But I was trying not to show it. I'm all, I know what you're doing and it's not going to work. You're not going to scare me. And Eric sort of narrowed his eyes at me and says, I bet I can scare you. Something about the way he said it made me uneasy. And I was like, all right, very funny. You can stop now. But Eric wasn't smiling anymore and mm -mm. he was just staring back at me. Mm -mm. The whole mood seemed to shift at that point. Nobody in the circle was talking anymore and it suddenly got really quiet. No sound except the wind and the lake down below. Any trace of joking has disappeared from Eric's face. After a long minute, um, he slowly cocked his head to the side a bit and said, is there someone here with us right now who shouldn't be? All right. Well, um, goodbye. All of a sudden, I was too scared to break Eric's gaze, afraid I'd see something I didn't want to. For a long time, we just stared at each other. Nobody said anything. And then very softly, Eric said, is somebody watching you sleep right now, Greg? <gasps> oh, no. 
That's when I bolted awake. It was the middle of the night. I was alone in my room, but I had this weird feeling that someone had just been there in the no, room with me. No, no. I laid there in bed for a minute, too terrified to move, too scared to breathe even. No. And then I heard something downstairs. No. At least I thought I did. This house is always making sounds, but I couldn't be sure. I hesitated for a second. Then I crept out of the bed and went down through the hall, trying to be as quiet as possible. From the second floor landing, I can see the living room and part of the kitchen, and everything seemed normal. I could hear the wind blowing pretty loudly, so I figured maybe I hadn't heard anything after all. I tried to calm myself down. I was wide awake at that point and too shaken to go back to bed. So I went downstairs to get a snack or some coffee or something. I walked into the kitchen and then stopped dead in my tracks. I don't want to look. There's a door in the kitchen that leads outside, and it was wide open. Wide open. He woke up in the middle of the night, and his door is wide open to the outdoors. outside. (gasps) I was wondering why you weren't reacting. Because I thought I was looking for a figure in there or something. Nope, just he came downstairs, and the door is now wide open. The door that was locked, I presume. It was locked. Uh... I know I locked it. I lock all oh, the doors every night, and even if I forgot to lock it, I know I wouldn't leave the door wide open like this. No, that makes no sense. And the whole kitchen floor is now wet with rain. Oh! <gasps> well, even the fact that this person or whatever didn't even bother to close the door as if, like, oh, I don't even care that he knows I was here. It's like, it's like, very I intentional. Want... Like, yeah. I want you to be fucking scared. The door being open to the... I can't believe you took a photo. I would have fucking slammed that shit and... I would have... And also, like, how do you know that they're not still there? Like, maybe That's I left what... the door open just to psych you out. Or they're right outside the door so you oh, can't yeah. go near it. Oh, my God, I'm gonna throw up. I'm calling a locksmith first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning! Call the police now, good immediately. Na- you are on Twitter, <laughs> my good sir. I wanted to leave, but I don't even know where to go. I'm alone out here. Should I find a motel? Yes. I just realized my wet clothes are gone. She fucking stole my clothes. What? I'm not spending the night here. The ones from the fireplace that were drying? Oh, no. I'm sorry I haven't... Oh, this is uh, two weeks later, by the way. No, so everyone's like, oh, he did. He's he's fucking G-O-N-E. Goodbye. Uh, I'm sorry I haven't said anything in a while. This is two days before Christmas. I've been staying in a motel about an hour outside of town. When I left the house that night, I just kept driving until I felt like I was far enough away to feel safe. I called a locksmith, but they weren't able to come out right away, and there was no way I was going back to that house without new locks. So I've been waiting it out here until I can go back, basically doing nothing, jumping at every little sound. Hmm. Finally, a couple days ago, the locksmith called and said he'd come back out, so I checked out the motel and got in my car to drive home. And the closer I got to the woods, the worse I felt. Hmm. In my head, I knew going back was wrong, but I just... But I can't just leave for good. I don't know. I can't explain it. I can't leave. I don't expect anyone to understand. It's almost as if the house is attaching itself or the creature is attaching herself to you. That's uh, oh, that, that's, that's you me. Saying that's that. me yeah, saying yeah, yeah. that. Like, it sounds like he's gotten attached to the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I drove past town and reached the woods um, where the roads get worse and harder to drive on. They get twisty as you drive up. There's not a single deer in sight. In fact, the woods seemed a lot quieter than usual. I could have been imagining it, but something seemed off. I was almost ready to turn around when something darted across the road. Goodbye. It was so fast that I wasn't sure I saw it at all. I panicked and swerved off the road and into a deep groove by the roadside. I have no idea what it was. It was just a blur. It wasn't a deer. It was red like blood. What? Worse, my car was stuck. It was my mom's old car. Um, I knew it wasn't a good idea to walk the rest of the way. But if I didn't, I'd miss the locksmith and I'd have to either spend the night in the house with old locks or go back to the motel, which I couldn't afford. Or be in the car or something. I don't know. <laughs> I guess no option is no good. No option is good. It's all bad. I wasn't too far from the house, so if I made so it made the most sense to walk the rest of the way and call a tow truck from home. 
Once I was outside, I realized I'd been right out, right about the woods, seeming quieter than usual. I couldn't even hear birds. It was dead silent. That's not good. Every twig that cracked under my shoe sounded like bones breaking. I was periodically checking my phone's GPS to make sure I was heading the right way. Um, I had just rechecked my route and it was about to put my phone away. And I was about to put my phone away when I saw something that made my heart sink. Great. It was another one of those artifacts, like the ones I'd seen on my first day. But it had one of my gloves tied to it from the <gasps> rainstorm. When I left my clothes by the fire to dry, there was a pair of gloves there, too. It's definitely a wooden made stick triangle with a glove you know in it. You know what else is creepy? It's like formed like a hand. Like yeah. they've, it's not just like a like dangling a glove. It's like as if it's making a fist almost. What I wonder. Wait, so it's daytime? He's walking back as the sun's about to set. Oh, OK. I thought we were in the middle of the night and I was like, I'm very confused. OK. It's daytime. Yeah. Got it. Okay. And uh, walking back and then sees us on the way to his house. Forget about it. I knew that woman had taken my clothes that night and this just confirmed it. I also knew I'd find the rest of my clothes before I even saw them. Oh. And sure enough, I found more of those artifacts not far from the first. <gasps> oh my God. And this is terrible. I this found terrible. my other glove, my socks and a bandana, everything from that night except for a sweatshirt I'd been wearing. So there's three new ones on the way. They all have different pieces of clothing of his in the center of the triangle. Let me guess. He's going to see her and she's going to be in his sweatshirt. Ooh, like a new hoodie. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Some, some shopping. I left them alone this time. I didn't want to touch them. All I wanted to do was get back to the house, change the locks, call a tow truck. I started jogging a bit, wanted nothing more than to get away from those sick things. Mm. But after a while, I started to think I should have been home already. Oh, no. I slowed my pace and took out my phone. But it wouldn't recalibrate this time. No. It couldn't seem to locate me in the GPS. Still, I couldn't. I could hear the lake off to my left, which meant I was walking alongside it the right way. I should get to my house eventually, so I kept moving and tried not to think about getting lost. I must have gotten turned around because I was walking for what seemed like ages. I found myself in a part of the woods that seemed unfamiliar. I had no idea where I was. And then suddenly I saw something off in the distance. Something bright white, almost seeming to glow against the dark trees. I couldn't figure out what it was from a distance, when, so I went I went closer trying to be as quiet as I could when I actually got close enough to see what it was, and my mouth fell open, and my they were eggs. literally fell open. Literally fell open. What? It's eggs? Eggs. What? Wait, let me see. This is where it gets creepypasty, because they were huge. Oh. They look like balloons to me. They look like, um... They look like white balloons. Yeah, they do look like balloons. He could also be taking pictures really up close, but proportionally, it doesn't look right. So they're large eggs. But he says they're large eggs, right? He says they're huge eggs oh. all in a cluster like a nest. Oh, forget it. Um, I felt like I was dreaming before I even knew what I was doing. I touched one. I couldn't help myself. It was warm. I had a sudden urge to smash it and see what was inside, but then just as quickly decided against it. Your urges are all wrong. Your urges are <laughs> off, bro. I felt sick like I was going to throw up if I didn't leave right away. I left the clearing and tried to listen to, for the lake and then headed in that direction. I got to the lake shore and felt a little better since I was out of the street. Since I was out of the trees, I had a better view of my surroundings and I was able to pinpoint my house a ways down the shore. I never thought I'd be so happy to see it. The rest of the way back, I felt like I had vertigo. I couldn't make sense of anything that had just happened and I still can't. Um, the locksmith arrived a little bit later and changed out the locks. I watched him work in a daze. It was almost as if I also had him install deadbolts. But now I'm alone again and I can't stop thinking about what I saw. I can't figure any of this out. I don't know what's happening. I know I should leave, but I can't. I heard something. Someone's outside. 
And we're coming up on the grand finale here. That's its own tweet. I heard something. Someone's outside. I was in the kitchen washing a glass and I heard something outside on the deck, a scratching sound, and then it stopped. I thought I imagined it, but then I heard footsteps. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, I just ran outside without thinking. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't even know if I'm scared anymore. I just want answers. I can't be sure, but I think it was her. I saw someone running in the woods, but I couldn't catch her in time. I thought about chasing her into the woods, but decided against it. I don't want to get lost out there tonight. No. I turned around to go back inside, and that's when I saw what she'd been doing on my deck in the first place. <gasps> His sweatshirt is now hanging in a massive tree stick artifact. And behind it, she has etched in Fear the New Moon. Like into the wood of the house. Yes. I still shouldn't be surprised by these artifacts, but this one was huge, taller than me, and it had my sweatshirt from the storm tied in the middle. What are the side, the white things? Those are the sticks. It's like a massive... Oh, they're branches? <gasps> they're like logs. Like, yeah, branches. Wow. Oh, absolutely not. Honestly, I'm just going to leave it there. I'm sick of this. <laughs> I was about to go back inside when I noticed that something was written on the wall. Fear the new moon. What the fuck does that mean? I... Uh, I hate what, I hate that I consider this my house now, which is a whole new thing that this feels normal. I'm losing it. I mm. want this to end. Whatever this new moon shit is. I feel like something's coming. Mm. Fuck this. Mm -mm. And then posted a picture, like a screenshot from his phone of when the next new moon is. Right. And he tweeted, I guess the next new moon is January 5th. So January 4th, we see tweets. It says there's going to be a storm tomorrow, which would be January 5th. The uh, new moon. Okay. The new moon is tomorrow, too. I should be fine if I just stay inside. Wrongo, friendo. What happened the last time? Right. Uh, it's been storming all day and into the night, thunder and everything. I stayed inside all day. Nothing has happened yet. No maybe nothing will happen. Okay. Still, I'm nervous. I've been freaked out all day. Maybe I shouldn't have stayed. I don't know what's wrong with me. I should leave tomorrow. We've told you enough times. It is January 5th. You've been here since October 29th. Uh -oh. It is time to go, sir. Uh, I'm not even really sure what I'm saying. I just need to occupy myself with something. Um, I can't do this anymore. I'm leaving tomorrow. First thing in the morning. I don't care about selling this house anymore. I just want to go home. I just need to make it through the night. I'll be fine if I stay inside. Um, and then January 5th, that night. She's here. She was in the cellar. That's right. That's right she was. That's fucking right. Drinking that apple brandy. <laughs> She's like, 1864, 1864. <laughs> That's my fucking apple brandy, you dick. Uh, then Gregory says, fuck, I practically ran into her. She didn't <gasps> even hear me because of the thunder outside. Her back was to me and she was standing dead still in the middle of the room, just staring at the wall. I don't think I can look at this. It is a person staring mm -hmm. at the wall. Let me see. Who has no hair? The hood is down, to be clear. The hood is down. A bald person. With a, uh, presumably no eyeballs either. Presumably no eyeballs. No hair, no eyeballs. I couldn't move. I was petrified. All I could do was stand there like a fool and stare at the back of her head. And then she turned around and she spoke to me. Wait, sorry, real quick. Can you imagine taking that photo and you're like taking the photo and then you forgot to turn the volume down and it's like <laughs> cha -ching! Cha -ching! <laughs> you take a photo. Click. Or like the flash the goes flash? on. <laughs> oh no. Uh so she speaks to me. And now officially we have gotten to a place where I feel safe to say that this is very much likely a creepypasta. Okay. I mean, um, I'm very frightened, which I guess is a point. 
once I tell you the rest of it is going to sound a lot more fiction based than anything. So, but up until this point, wow, have I been scared out of my mind. Yeah. I mean, especially reading this late at night and you're on Twitter where someone's just like relaying their own personal story. It's not, not good. So, and then she turned around and she spoke to me. She said she won't hurt me. She said she'd explain everything. I'm sorry. This is all happening so fast. She's sitting in my living room right now. I can't believe this is happening. Can you imagine like trying to like text like under the table? Like, oh my God, she's right here. It's like, we don't have T9 anymore. Like you can't just like text without looking. Hey Siri, (laughs) send a tweet. (laughs) Oh shoot. Don't actually everybody don't. She's still talking. Oh, okay. She doesn't understand what else is new. Okay. Um, okay. Sorry. I'm just trying to make sense of this. She said she'd tell me everything. I'll be back. I'll be back. Like, let's, we'll have coffee first and then I'll tell you. Yeah. I'm like, you guys have a date. Okay. I get it. Uh, first she said she made the stick things for my protection. Ah, twist there. Yeah. She says it's dangerous out here and she was trying to protect me. When I asked what she was trying to protect me from, she said she was quiet for a long time. When she finally replied, she, I could barely hear her. And she said, there are things in the water. I didn't really believe her, but I didn't have any rational explanation for the things I've seen, so instead I just listened. Apparently a long time ago, something came from the sky and landed in the lake. It brought something with it. Something ancient and strange. An eyeball. An eyeball. And Windex. (laughs) The people who lived here began to commune with it. So the people at the chapel. Uh. They protected it from the outside world, devoted their lives to it, and in return, the thing gave them a gift. The people were blessed with abnormally long, healthy lives and many children, but it all came with a price. I had so many questions, but I didn't know which ones to ask. In the beginning, there was just one. It spent most of its time deep in the lake slumbering, but over time it made more. Instinctively, I asked about the eggs I saw in the woods, and the woman nodded. There are many of them now. They come from the water to lay eggs, and the people take care of them, hide them away from their hat, hide them away until they hatch. But when they hatch, they need to feed. At that point, I started to put two and two together, and I thought about all the twins I'd seen in town. And she must have sensed my understanding because she said, I told you there was a price. The people in this town are blessed with many children, but they don't get to keep them all. What? When the eggs hatch, the people must bring one of their own to the woods, and the creatures need to eat. They start with your eyes. I asked her how she knew all this, but I already knew the answer. Yeah, I'm like, so like, why would you? They start with the eyes. Also, I don't have eyes, but I, I guess if you need me to explain it, I will. Oh, can you imagine? And that's and they they start with the eyes. Oh, what happened to your eyes? Yeah, like I don't get it. <laughs> I know because it happened to me when I was a girl. My father brought me into the woods with the others, offered me up to the newborns, and they took my eyes. And the best part of that to me is. <laughs> It's like, can you imagine being the child where it's like, you're looking at your siblings, like, which one of us is it going to be? You must be sucking up to your parents. You must be kissing ass. Like, oh my gosh. Like, it's not whether or not Santa's watching you. It's like whether or not you're getting fed to these creatures. It's more like a German Christmas tale if I ever heard one. (laughs) (laughs) I waited until she was ready to speak again. It was a long time before she did. She told me how she was led to one of the eggs, how she watched it break open, how something came out of it. And before she knew it, something was on her, burrowing into her eyes. She wasn't sure what happened next. She only remembers the searing pain, and then suddenly she was set free. She doesn't know if she managed to push the creature off or if someone helped her, but she got away and ran into the woods, and she was too scared to go home. Duh, your dad just did that to you. Bring you right back. (laughs) And eventually the forest became her home because she stayed in the woods. I felt completely bewildered. None of this made any sense to me, but at the same time, uh, somehow it did. 
I couldn't figure out what to say. Finally, I asked, why are you willing to tell me all this now after all this time? And the woman said, it's the same every year. They come out of the water in the fall, lay their eggs. A few of them begin to hatch early and they feed on animals in the woods. They need strength to make it back to the water. But most of them hatch when it's darkest. And tonight is the new moon. Tonight is the ceremony. Oh, so it's their new moon. It's dark. My stomach began to sink as realization set in. Realization about about what was about to happen in the woods. Um, We have to do something to stop it, I blurted out. I started getting uh, out of my chair, but she she shook her head and said, it happens the same way every year. We can't stop it. But I wasn't listening. I don't even know where I was going, but I ran into the woods. At some point, the rain had stopped. It was dark and I couldn't see anything. Um, Things were moving through the trees. I could see lights in the distance, fire or flashlights. More than once, something ran past me in the trees. I was using my phone as a flashlight to try to take pictures, but everything was happening so fast. I don't know what these are. And then posted pictures of other people. They're kind of people, but maybe they're creatures that were hatched. They look like zombies almost. Staring at him through the woods. And then this was the closest one he could get. <gasps> yeah, that's a zombie. That's It looks like a zombie to it's me. It's like a skeleton. Uh, he said, they all move so fast. I ran for what seemed like an eternity, ran in circles. I had no idea where I even was. And then somehow I was back in the same clearing where the eggs had been, but they were gone now. Nothing but bits of shell. So what he saw, maybe, were the things that had hatched. Right. And so his initial thought of, oh, these th- these things want your eyeballs. They're outside. Oh, I should go out and stop them? What? I don't know. What, what are you doing? Uh, it was over. I was too late. It had already happened, and they'd cleared everything up. Or they'd, they'd cleaned everything up. I was too late. So ideally, he... He wanted to, like... Save people. How? I don't know. I have no idea what's going on. If they're already ready to hatch and you smash them open, they're just, oh, thanks. You hatched me. Now give me your fucking eyes. I hear (laughs) you. I'll Uh, take those. (laughs) (laughs) One for you. One for me. Um, I stood alone in the clearing. The lights in the distance were disappearing. It was getting quieter. And just like that, I was running again towards the lake. I don't even know why. I couldn't do anything. Branches scraped my face as I ran blindly through the trees. I reached the water, but there was nothing there. I saw some faint ripples out on the black water. Um, but then it was over. I was too late. I'm back at the house. The woman is gone. It's so quiet. I don't know what to say right now. I'm going to leave in the morning. I'm still here. I'm alive. I left the house that night. On, then, that was on January 16th. And then there's an ad for Hellman's mayonnaise. And then there's some mayo. <laughs> in the middle of the thread. Uh, I decided... What if he's like sponsored post? Right. Made I, of eggs. Made of eggs. Hello. Wait a minute. Fresh. I decided not to sell it. I don't think anyone would buy it anyway. I locked the doors and I got in the car and left. I'm home now trying to process everything. The morning after, it was so quiet and peaceful in the woods. It was like nothing had happened at all. Or like I dreamed it maybe. Sorry it took me so long to update. I wasn't sure what to say. I still have so many questions. I might never have all the answers. But something happened out there. I can't explain it. But whatever it was, I can't let it happen again. That's why I'm not going to sell the house. That woman said this happens every year. If she was telling the truth, then maybe there's something I can do next time. So I guess that's all for now. I'm heading back to school next week, so hopefully that will take my mind off of things. And then the last text is, or the last tweet, I'm not sure when I'll tweet again. I need to take a break and get my head together, but I'll be back. I have to go back. I won't let it happen again. So who knows? I do. It probably wasn't real at all. Right. However, but it's very creepy. The first half of that, and I'm so sorry that was so long, but I was reading it and just like enamored with this last night. It is creepy, dude. And it was the first half of it 
terrified me. And then I got to those massive eggs and I was like, wait a it minute. It was the point of the eggs that look kind of like balloons and you're like, what is the? It is weird though, like that, why don't they have eggs just to not remind people? Yeah, I don't know. Like they don't have eggs, Benedict, because it's like, well, you don't want to remind your twin children. Yeah, One it's of like it's going to get their eyeballs pulled out. I hadn't even thought of that. Like the eggs are literally a bad omen at this point in, I guess. in the town. Anyway, I'm so sorry. That's probably the longest story I've done in a while, but it was requested by my cousin. Good but news. But it was really good. Good news. I have the longest story I've pretty much ever done. So this Hopefully is going to be. Hopefully you're on a road trip. Super good. Uh, wowza. Should we order some food first? Yes, let's order some food. Uh, elevator music? Eggs, anyone? Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. All right. We're back. We're back. Also, in our uh, break, uh, as of... <laughs> 20 minutes ago. What are you doing? Anthony became the sexiest reality star of 2019. Hello, did I not call it? People Magazine, Anthony. I mean, listen, you asked who I was attracted to. I'm telling you who I'm attracted to. I can't control it, okay? All right, all right, all right. Anthony right. is extremely attractive to me. You and every other person? Apparently. And you I mean, and every gay man and yeah. probably also many straight and queer women yeah i mean several non-binaries every everyone in so between you're just gonna list them all everyone except you me. don't want to everyone except me you don't find him a try okay no no i mean i think mm. no all right fine well i don't think he's like not attractive i just like he's nowhere near my top 10 that's all sure he's he's no brie larson he's, he's pretty know? near my top 10 um anyway all right ready for my story yes i am this is one that i thought i knew about whoa i didn't i did not Sorry. The things that I thought about this were 
Incorrect. So I learned a lot. Let's just put it that way. Okay. This is a story of the Lindbergh baby kidnapping. I don't know what that is. What? At all? No. Oh, wow. Okay. You mean like Charles Lindbergh? Yes. Oh, okay. Then yes, I do know about this. Oh, so you just thought it was the other baby? I thought like there's no way Lindbergh means Charles Lindbergh. I don't know why. Wait, so... Wasn't his son kidnapped? Yes. That's all I know. So the Lindbergh baby kidnapping... Yeah, didn't I just didn't strike a strike a chord with. Oh, I know Charles Lindbergh's baby was kidnapped, but it couldn't have been the Charles Lindbergh baby kidnapping. That's exactly right. Okay, good. I don't know why anyone's surprised. I am just confused, but that's okay. Welcome to every fucking day of my life. I'm just life. trying to understand where you are, so I can understand where we're. So it seemed you. like I somehow was right for once, and I was like, that can't be. So I was like, oh well, there's no way that's. I don't know. Okay, well, so Charles Lindbergh, yep. So anyway, I'm like a total PBS nerd. I know, whatever, make fun of me. Um, But I saw there was a Nova special on this, and I got really excited. I fucking love Nova. Um, And by the way, I was told, uh, so Peter Thomas, who was the voice voiceover uh, narrator for Forensic Files, actually did pass away a couple years ago. I learned that. Um, And so RIP. I know I spoke about him in the present in the last episode, and I apologize about that. Um, I was not aware. Uh, he passed away in 2016, but he was also an announcer on Nova for a long time, which I didn't know. So you didn't Nova over. I didn't Nova. Yeah, mm-hmm. good one. Um, so the Nova special that I watched is called "Who Killed Lindbergh's Baby." Okay, so now this is even. I'm like, I started watching this Nova special, and I was like, "Holy cannoli!" It gets even more down my alley because this special is basically hosted by John Douglas who's one of my heroes. He's um, the FBI profile who uh, pioneered the use of behavioral analysis for tracking oh, down cool. serial killers, a.k.a. Holden Ford, Mindhunter, um, based on Douglas. Also, uh, Jason Gideon and David Rossi of Criminal Minds were based on him. Uh, BAU, represent, Shamar Moore. Listen, we'll get into it later. But basically, John Douglas is like a brilliant, brilliant uh, man, and you should, you should read Mindhunter and or watch it because it's a great show. And season two was, I think, even better than the first. Okay. So John Douglas, um, he says he's been haunted by the Lindbergh case for years. So this special takes him back to the scene to like the original scene of the house and everything to reexamine all the evidence. So the story itself, as apparently M knows fully well, <laughs> not at all, is uh, literally the only information I know is that Charles Lindbergh had a son. And then I thought maybe he was kidnapped. The, so now I mean, I'm you being were confirmed. right. Yeah, you I, were pretty right. I feel like it's like one of those things that was like in, in a backfold of my brain yeah i think i learned about this but for some reason i thought he survived like i think i told myself like oh the baby survived the baby very much did not survive uh so sorry about good that good to know good if spoiler I'm bursting any bubbles mine um well i did just tell you that the the episode was called who killed Lindbergh's baby but yeah. sure i know you don't really listen okay <laughs> so the story revolves around charles augustus Lindbergh, an american hero a world hero if you will at the age of 25, while working as a U.S. Air Mail pilot, he shot to world fame when he made a nonstop solo flight from New York to Paris, crossing the Atlantic alone in a single-engine airplane, the Spirit of St. Louis. The flight took 33 and a half hours and turned him into a global icon. So that same year, uh, Lucky Lindy, as he was often nicknamed, met and fell in love with 21-year-old heiress Anne Morrow. Uh, they were f- married in 1929, and the following year, she became the first American woman to earn a first-class glider pilot's license. Wow. I know. They were, like, very much a power couple. 
They flew together often. They were the first couple to fly from Africa to South America. Huh. Um, and Charles and Anne had their first son, Charles Jr., a.k.a. Charlie. Uh, he was born on Anne's 24th birthday, June 22nd, 1930. So he becomes this kind of, like, icon, like, prince in the eyes of the American people because, he, you know, they're... There's this American hero, and he has this beautiful baby, and now the baby's, like, you know, kind of, like, what's the Kardashians' names? What's the Kardashians' names? Well, the babies. All of them? Northwest? Oh, sure. East-West? I don't remember. I would say he's more like a Mason Disick. Southwest? I, well, I don't know their names. What's that? Mason Disick is yeah. the first of the Kardashian grandchildren. Really? Yeah. Oh. I don't know much about this. I'm sorry. I'm really bad. I watch Nova. I watch PBS. I don't know. I'm sorry. I watch E. It's fine. I'm such... I worked at E and I still don't know. It's really bad. I actually was telling the story yesterday about how... Was that to you? How Kris Jenner... We was at the show... Uh, at the studio for a show that we worked on and Alexis dropped her omelet in front of her and Kris Jenner was like, Oh, honey, don't worry about it. We'll just get a new one. Don't worry. And so kind. You have told me many stories that Kris Jenner is very nice. She's just so, like, kind and put together. And, like, you can tell she's fucking brilliant the way she's set this all up as a business. But she was so kind to us. And we were like, oh, God, sorry. We fucked up. And she's like, don't worry. We'll get another one. She's like, I wasn't even that hungry anyway. Like, she was so sweet. And then we've had people who were, like, F-less celebrities who treat us like shit. So just, just saying. PSA, Chris Jenner sounds like a babe. She's at least very, she knows well enough to be like kind to people. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. some people think it's really cool and like you can get away with to it. To be an asshole diva, but it's like, nah, it's not a good look. Um, okay, sorry. So anyway, the apple of his parents' eye, the apple of America's eye. Uh, one evening when Charlie is 20 months old, he was also very cute, like those like big curly hair and it's like a Gerber like, baby cute. Yeah, it's like very precious. Um, when he's 20 months old, he's put to bed in his crib on the second story of his family's home in Hopewell, New Jersey. Later that night, his father, Charles, goes to check on him and finds the crib empty. Oh, shit. Probably every parent's worst nightmare, I would yeah. imagine. They found a ladder propped up against the side of the house <gasps> leading to Charlie's window. Oh, no. And a ransom note was left behind on the windowsill. The note was riddled with spelling mistakes and grammatical irregularities. It read... I'm going to attempt to read this to you. I mean, you can't see all the spelling. I'm just going to... Let's just go. Dear Sir! Exclamation point. Have $50,000 ready, $25,000 in $20 bills, $15,000 in $10 bills, and $10,000 in $5 bills. After two to four days, we will inform you where to deliver the money. We warn you for making anything public or for notify the police the child is in good care. Indication for all letters are signature and three holes. So, oh, I get it. That's the first time I understood what that meant. So what they're saying is indication for our future letters are this signature, and it has three puncture holes in it. So basically the signature is um, two interconnected blue circles surrounding a red circle, kind of like a Venn diagram situation. Got it. With a hole punched through the red circle and then two punctures to left and right. And that was like their calling card, basically. Got so it. Like, if you got a letter with that, it, meant it was from them. So it looks like it's written, basically they showed it. It looks basically, from my perspective, like someone wrote it with the opposite hand and upside down, like trying to make it look like you can't track their handwriting. Investigators uh, thought the letter was written by someone who spoke German as their native language, which my, was my initial thought because, for example, um, when you write a letter in German, you put an exclamation point at, instead of a comma, like you'd say, dear M, and you'd put exclamation point. Um, and so that's, I think, like a only a german thing i've never seen that in the u.s 
Also, uh, they wrote so that all the money symbols were at the end of the numbers, which is another oh. thing that's a European thing. And then uh, it also says any any di- any ding public instead of anything. And it says the child is in goot care, G-U-T. Oh, okay. Well, so, that's a pretty big indicator, right? Right. I was thinking. And I think even if those were kind of obvious, I think the exclamation point alone is something that you would probably just do out of habit. Like even like, – yeah, I don't know would, that you would know that. You wouldn't like think to change it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, anyway, the facts that we – that they had um, were as follows. Sometime between 8 and 10 p.m. on Tuesday, March 1st, 1932, one or more individuals came to the house with a homemade folding ladder. The kidnappers climbed the ladder and entered through the unlocked window, snatched Charlie from his crib, perhaps silencing him or rendering him unconscious because the whole family was awake, but no one heard him cry. That must be terrifying, too, to know you were awake in your own house when somebody snatched your baby and you had no idea. Yeah. I mean, you're like playing cards. In the obviously, what a violation. But right. Obviously. But then it's like. On top of it, like, I was there. Yeah, I was, like, feet away. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Um, the kidnappers then used a car to get away. Obviously, word of the kidnapping spread like wildfire. Hundreds of people converged on the Lindbergh estate. Unfortunately, this destroyed a lot of evidence, which back then it was not as much of a priority on keeping crime scenes uh, uncontaminated. So that was a big issue. Uh, at the time, actually, kidnapping was considered a state offense, not a federal crime. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, but when Herbert Hoover was notified, he gave the FBI authorization to investigate the case. So, oh wow, okay. Hoover was like, "This is a national emergency." Sure. In, in that voice, <laughs> you know, it, the classic Hoover voice. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you heard it once. Well, Herbert, you heard Hoovered it. it heard it everywhere Herbert else. Did it once from here, and it was bad, and you're never going to hear it again. Okay. <laughs> the Lindbergh family offered a fifty thousand dollar reward, which. This is pretty wild. In today's money, it's a massive sum because um, the uh, the nation at the time was in the midst of the Great Depression. So mm-hmm. $50,000 was a lot of money. Today, it's $1.4 million. And so, like, thinking about that amount, $1.4 million. Yeah, during the Great Depression. Exactly. So that was, like, a massive like reward. people were, like, looking high and low for this kid. Yes, yes. Oh, yeah. Um, during this whole media circus, a this is where it gets so weird. Like, it took me a long time to parse these notes out in a way that i hope makes sense um just let me know if something doesn't make sense because i think i can explain it but the way i wrote it might be confusing got it so a retired bronx school teacher named john condon who idolized Lindbergh, he's like this kind of loud guy and he was for whatever reason like obsessed with charles Lindbergh. he puts an ad in the newspaper he says i volunteer to be the intermediary between the Lindberghs and the kidnappers to handle the negotiations and deliver the ransom money and for whatever reason, the Lindberghs and the kidnappers are like, okay, sure, yeah, you can be our intermediary. Okay. He's like, I just idolized Charles Lindbergh. He's an American hero, and I want to get this baby back. Just so weird. I don't know. Squeaky wheel, man. It's just <laughs> strange, I guess, right? Um, so for no, some reason, today to this day, they're like, I don't know why the hell they agreed to that. But <laughs> both parties were like, sure, this weirdo can do it. Um, unfortunately, Condon was the type to embellish. He, like, talked big game. There's a video of him being like, and on this, in this nation, like, you, he just wanted to be kind of in the public eye, obviously, kind of exploiting this. Um, it's hard to this day to, like, know what parts of his statements were true, which were embellished, uh, which ones he may have completely fabricated. Uh, in his first description of the ransom meeting, he described meeting the kidnapper at Woodlawn Cemetery. He claimed the man had a heavy German accent and said to call him John. 
So this man became known as Cemetery John. Okay. He described him as being about five foot seven, 165 pounds, and having a tall forehead and a large fleshy mass or abnormality on his left thumb. Okay. When Condon expressed doubt to John, Cemetery John that he actually had the baby, uh, Cemetery John promised some proof. He said, "I, the kidnapper, we will." Re-, so he said, "We will soon return the baby's sleeping suit." Okay. That we took when we kidnapped. LOL the baby. sleeping suit. I know. I mean, listen. Like not pajamas. Oh, you don't have a sleeping suit. <laughs> I don't. You have a sleeping tux, though. With that. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I have a sleeping ball gown. We're really classy motherfuckers. I haven't seen it. Well, we've had a lot of sleepovers and you haven't dressed for the occasion. So I feel a a little little hurt. I do feel a little bad that I've let you down on that one, but I'll save it for a special occasion. Okay. That sounded weird. Sorry. Um, anyway, on (laughs) March 16th, Condon received in the mail a toddler's sleeping suit. Was it the same? When Charles Lindbergh identified the sleeping suit as being his son's. So it was. Condon placed a new ad in the paper. Quote, money is ready. No cops. No secret service. I come alone like last time. Uh, the ransom was packaged in a wooden box, custom made in the hope that later it could be identified. The money included... Smart. Yeah. Uh, and this, they actually did this like the whole way through. So the money um, included a number of gold certificates. And interestingly enough, those were worth something then, but they were actually about to be withdrawn from circulation. So they were hoping... It would kind of draw attention to people who were still using them after they were withdrawn from circulation, like somebody still had a large number of these. Sure. And additionally, the bills were not marked, but all their serial numbers were recorded so that they could be... Smart. Yeah, tracked down if need be. Wow, genius. I know. So Condon dropped off the ransom in exchange for a note saying that Charlie was in the care of two innocent women and would not be harmed. Uh, They said he would get the baby back soon. So all the family could do at this point was wait and hope for the return of the baby. They didn't know who these two women were, but were like, okay, we gave them what they wanted. Um, yeah, I feel like, I mean, I know it's your child, but I would also be like, I'm here to bring you the money. Like, where the fuck is yeah, this like, kid? Like, we're giving you everything like, you wanted. We don't even want to know what your name is. Like, just. I'd be like, why would you not bring a baby to that exchange when yeah. you, your job is to exchange the baby? That's the idea, right? So they're like, oh, yeah, you'll get him back soon. Uh, then two weeks later, on May 12th, 1932, a delivery truck driver named Orville Wilson pulled to the side of the road to relieve himself. As he walked into a grove of trees, he discovered the body of a toddler. That body was, unfortunately, the body of Charles Jr. Lindbergh. Um, his body was taken to a morgue in Trenton, New Jersey, to be examined. His skull was badly fractured, and the body was mm. badly decomposed. It looked as though someone had tried to hastily bury him in a shallow grave, and there were signs of animals having gotten at the body. The baby was identified as Charlie because um, he had these overlapping toes on one of his feet, which is just really sad. So his parents were able to identify his feet and um, a shirt he was wearing that was homemade um, that somebody in his family had made for him. Mm. So it was determined Charlie had died from a blow to the head, and from the state of his body, it appeared he had died the night of the kidnapping. So he hadn't been alive this whole time. Wow. So he they killed him so they, right away. They gave him the... They just wanted the money yeah. and never plan on ever giving him Which back. actually this guy, John Douglas, was saying too, is that like... Pro, he, like the profiler. He's like, it doesn't make any sense that like you would prepare to care for a toddler for weeks. Like you need the right formula and you need to like buy the right clothes and diapers and like no... 
murderer, no like kidnap murderer guy wants to like care for a baby right, for right, several right. weeks. So he's like, it only makes sense that they would have just offed the baby and then just waited for the money and pretended the baby was alive, which right. is just so dark. But like he said, it's probably not that surprising. Um, okay, so obviously this kidnapping and then the death hit Americans hard. There was a sense that they compared it to like when JFK was shot, just like this shock of like, how could this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, especially just such a violent crime towards a baby. Um, there was this sense that if this could happen to a hero like Charles Lindbergh, it could happen to anyone like your own child or, you know, um, Americans were heartbroken at this loss of their little baby prince. Uh, Lindbergh had Charlie cremated, and in June 1932, officials began to suspect that the crime was perpetrated by maybe someone the Lindberghs knew and trusted, or at least somebody that they knew and trusted had helped in the plan. Like facilitated in it? Yes, yes. So, you see, the family typically spent weekdays at Anne's family estate in Englewood, New Jersey, because they were still building their own family house in Hopewell. So, uh, but Charlie had a cold and Anne didn't want him to travel. So on this Tuesday in particular, they were staying at the house um, instead of going back to her family's estate. But this was the first Tuesday night they'd ever spent on this property. So like who would have known how the kidnappers know that on this night they'd be right at the house when every other week of the year. They they were at her estate in in a different part of the, the state. Got it. So uh, that was pretty odd. Um Suspicion first fell on one of the family's servants. Her name was Violet Sharp. She's a British woman who worked for the family. She had given conflicting alibis, and she seemed pretty nervous and suspicious, so they were kind of keeping an eye on her. On June 10th, 1932, she was scheduled to be questioned a third time. Right before the questioning, she ran up to her room and drank silver polish containing potassium cyanide and took her own life oh that's a tough way to go yes it wow. was very sudden and very just, painful and yeah holy crap yeah okay. very gruesome um they were ultimately able to verify her alibi though so later they determined um that maybe uh the threat of losing her job and the intensity of the questioning was what led her to suicide um it's kind of unclear as she'll come back later uh, but for now, they kind of put her aside. Uh, next up was Condon, obviously the guy who was being this loud. Like facilitating between yeah, them. Yeah, and... and like getting himself involved, which right. is always kind of fishy. Always a rough side. Yeah. Sign. Like return to the scene of the crime and all that stuff. Uh, he was actually, like whether or not he was involved, well, he was publicly assumed to have been involved. A lot of people were like, well, this weirdo obviously had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. And he was vilified by many because he was so outspoken and dramatic with his storytelling. Like he would just go on TV and start like bellowing on this like dramatic way and they're like this is not your you don't know these people like right. stop his actions were also criticized as exploitative when he agreed to appear in a vaudeville act based on the kidnapping Ugh. how how fucked up is how, that how I also mean, there were many people that were i mean like that's fucked up but also i'm thinking that there was like enough people to actually create a vaudeville act for this so there's multiple people who oh yeah but he was the one they he would like He's like, I know the insider scoop. So, like, he got involved. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's ultra fucked up. It's like he was like, oh, I idolized Charles Lindbergh, and now I want to be in this, like, fucking comedy show or whatever about the death of his baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's just. Yikes. Or, like, not comedy show, but, like, a dramatization. Yeah, whatever. we're the comedy show about fucking. Right, things. right. Sorry. Oops. Um, no, but, like, he was, like, paid to act out. The- like, it's super just, exploitative. It's just fishy. Yeah, it's just really fishy. Um, exploitative anyway. exploitative Explo- sure. exploitative 
No? Hell if I know. Expose. Um, unfortunately, the case pretty quickly reached a standstill. Police turned their attention to tracking the ransom payments this time. So they're like, well, we had those bills. Let's see if we can figure out where those are going. Pamphlets were made featuring the serial numbers on the ransom bills, and 250,000 copies were distributed throughout New York City. About two and a half years after the kidnapping, a guy pulled into a New York City gas station and paid for his gas with a $10 gold certificate. Hmm. The teller was suspicious because of the gold certificate, thinking he might be a counterfeiter. He had no relate like he was not thinking about Lindbergh he was just right. like huh this is a little fishy like these aren't in circulation anymore so just in case he wrote down the car's license plate number on the edge of the smart. certificate yeah really smart uh the license plate he tells the police please look into it the license plate belongs to a sedan owned by Richard Hauptmann a German immigrant living in the Bronx who had mm. a criminal record in Germany one of his crimes he had used a ladder to climb into the second-story window of the mayor's house to steal some money and watches. Okay. So, mm, interesting coincidence. But like, wow, interesting several coincidences. Mm-hmm. Uh, another crime involved, involved holding up two women pushing baby carriages at gunpoint and mugging them. So, just mm, not looking good for you. Knowing how to use ladders, interacting with children in yeah, a bad way. Not minding that there are babies involved. Right. Yeah. Um, to get to the U.S., he actually had escaped from jail, stowed away on a steamship, and he lied his way through immigration. So basically, this they're like, okay, we got to look into this guy. He's right. clearly not squeaky clean. Um, Hauptmann was charged with capital murder, which meant that a conviction would result in the death penalty. The trial was held at Hunterton County Courthouse in Flemington and was soon dubbed the trial of the century. Oh, wow. There it is. Reporters swarmed the town. Every hotel room was booked. This was like massive news. Houtman declared his innocent throughout the trial, but the evidence against him was pretty strong. So I'm going to tell you, like, what the fuck they found. Okay, cool. <laughs> it's okay. Well, you'll, I'm ready. You'll hear. First off, investigators discovered over $14,000 of the ransom money in his garage. Uh, they also found a sketch of a ladder similar to the one used at the Lindbergh home. And it's like a homemade ladder. Uh, additionally, they found a sawed off floorboard in the attic and a wood expert. Apparently that's a thing. Determined it was a perfect match to the ladder found at the scene of the crime based on, like, the direction of the wood grain. And oh, wow. when you hold up the sawed off, there's just, like, a sawed off floorboard in the attic. And when you hold it up next to the ladder, it, like, okay. matches, right? Like, okay. Um, that's pretty bad. What's, <laughs> what's more, they also found Condon's telephone number and address written in pencil on the wall of his closet. It doesn't and sound good. It sounds pretty bad yeah it's not good look also it's been how many years uh two and a half okay i thought for a second it was 10 i was like he still has like all this shit lying you gotta erase that it's pencil it's written in pencil literally pencil that's the point of an eraser you wanted to get caught at that point at that point you really weren't thinking this through but so this is what he claimed so pouton had claimed the money had been left with him by his friend and former business partner isidore fish who had died in germany uh in march of 1934 Houtman stated that Fish had left this shoebox behind on a tall shelf, and Houtman hadn't realized it was full of money until much later. Okay. And when he discovered it, he's like, well, Fish owed me a shit ton of money, so I just kept it. Like, I didn't think of reporting it. Uh, he also claimed Condon's address was written on the closet wall after he became interested in the case after reading about it in the paper. Okay. But then they were like, what about the phone number? That wasn't in the paper. And he was like, I can't give you any explanation about the telephone number. <laughs> He was just like, I don't know. His lawyer's like, well, shit, we should have planned for that question, I guess. <laughs> As for the hand-drawn sketch of the latter, he claimed the notebook of sketches were created by a child who had drawn in the notebook before. Whatever that means. Whatever that okay. means. 
His wife, Anna, defended her husband on the stand, but under cross-examination, she admitted that despite having hung her apron on a hook above the top shelf every single day, she did not remember ever seeing a shoebox there where he said he had left it for a long time. So that's, she was like, well, can't explain that one. I never saw a shoebox. Additionally, despite Houtman's accusations that Fish had been involved in the murder, it was proven that he actually couldn't have been at the scene of the crime because he was dying of tuberculosis in Germany. Huh. He had no money to pay for his medical bills, and his landlady testified that he could barely afford his $3.50 per week room, so it wouldn't make sense that he had stolen tens of thousands of dollars and then left it behind and died penniless in Germany. It was just like, why would he have left all of this behind? Right, right, right. The trial took six weeks, and Hauptmann proclaimed his innocence throughout, but on February 13th, 1935, the jury handed down the verdict, guilty as charged with a sentence of death. Gotcha. While waiting in jail, prosecutors offered to save his life in exchange for life in prison if he gave up his accomplices, but he didn't budge, continuing to proclaim his innocence. Houtman was executed by electric chair, but it wouldn't be the first time someone on death row has been uh, executed. Uh, Sure. I don't know if you're following Rodney Reed, and by the time this comes out, I don't know what has happened in that scenario, but um, that's just one one very good example. So. Uh, to her credit, Houtman's wife, Anna, continued to fight to clear her husband's name till her dying day in 1994 at the age of 95. So she spent her whole life trying to clear her husband's name. Wow. Uh, because he refused to save his own life in exchange for admitting to the crime, people started to wonder whether he was as guilty as he'd been made out to be. Some reporters and independent investigators began to question the way the investigation was handled and the fairness of the trial, as well as potential witness tampering and even maybe the planting of evidence. Uh, Considering this was one of the biggest cases of the century, um, it's no surprise that, like, all these individual investigators, like armchair detectives, developed their own theories as to what happened. Some were a lot more controversial than others. We'll get to that shortly. Um, So this brings us back to Nova. We're back to Nova. Don't worry. I know you missed it. Um, So John Douglas. Uh, Douglas is convinced, to be clear, Douglas does think Houtman is guilty. Okay. But he does not think he acted alone. So his first focus is the ransom money. Looking back, Houtman was in possession of approximately one third of the ransom money. So that's kind of odd. If he had acted alone, it would be weird that he had like perfectly the amount of one third of the money mm. in his garage sure do you know what i mean no i hear you yeah but is there no way that in those two and a half years he could have spent two-thirds of it well it would be like the equivalent of like a million dollars because it was like 1.5 million total so right. like there was no and he didn't have anything that he had any luxurious gotcha you know what i mean like he lived kind of on the dl i think gotcha that is a good point yeah but he would have had to spend, yeah, like a million. I promise I couldn't find a way to spend a million dollars <laughs> No, in me two too. Years. <laughs> but I think they would have found out what it was. Right, you know, right, like right. In, in the trial, like there was no proof that he had I hear spent you. it on anything. So that's the, that's the weird part, yeah. But it would obviously make more sense if he had split the money three ways. Um, going off that, Douglas explains he has seen many cases like this throughout his career. How sad is that i guess but um, right 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 he says typically in a case like this offenders need multiple people to psychologically build each other up and feed off of each other to perpetrate such an intense crime uh it would be too risky to do alone for example you need someone to hold the ladder and someone has to do surveillance there's just a lot of risk involved for one person to act alone and pull this off Mm. but then okay so then why was no one else ever indicted or even looked at um, so there's this guy that they interviewed named Mark Falzini, and he works as a museum archivist at the New Jersey State Police Museum. 
And he believes it's because the trial was so intense. This was such a high-profile case. Lindbergh was arguably the most famous man in America. And after two and a half years, the pressure to close the case was so enormous, they just wanted to point the finger, say he did it, execute right. him, done, case closed, rather than drag it on and try to figure out if anyone else was involved. They're like, we got our guy, one and done. So that's what he believes. Um, and then Douglas asks this guy, Falzini, the archivist, did a man named John Knoll ever come up in connection with the case? And Falzini's like, no, that name never came up. Why? And Douglas is like, well, that's a lead I want to explore. Okay. And How I'm did like, he even get this name? Me too. I shall tell you. This is wild. So there's this man, one of these, like I was telling you, individual investigators, armchair detectives, whatever you want to call them. His name is Bob Zorn. He reached out to John Douglas and said, hey, I have this lead. I want you to, like, tell me if this makes any sense. He says, my dad, Gene Zorn, read an article about the Lindbergh kidnapping as an adult, and it triggered this childhood memory that he had suppressed. And he thinks that he knows what happened. Oh. So Bob explains that when his dad, Gene, was 15, in the summer of 1931, he lived in a German neighborhood in the South Bronx and had a neighbor, neighbor named John Knoll a German immigrant and deli clerk who encouraged Jean to take up stamp collecting. Well, that doesn't sound too bad so far. I know, I know. It comes, it comes up later. So the two became close, and one day in the summer of 1931, John invited Jean to the fair. At the fair, uh, they met up with John Knoll's younger brother, Walter, as well as a mysterious third German man whom they called Bruno. Jean kind of hung around the fair while the three men were talking. John and Bruno began to, to discuss a place called Englewood, and Jean didn't think much of it at the time. Fast forward to December of 1963. His dad, Jean, is a 47-year-old bank economist living in Dallas, like, minding his own business. He reaches for a magazine at the barbershop when he finds an article about the Lindbergh kidnapping decades before. So his blood runs cold, he says, when certain words begin to jump out at him. First, he sees the name Bruno, which is what John the deli clerk called his German-speaking right. friend. Right, right. Turns out Bruno is Richard Hauptman's real name, like his <gasps> first name. Oh. His name is Bruno Richard Hauptman, and that wasn't a thing that was really publicized. Um, so that's interesting. Then he sees Englewood, and he's like, that's so weird. They were talking about Englewood, too. Turns out Englewood uh, is the New Jersey town where the Lindberghs spent most of their week, where Anne's family had their estate. Right. And where they were supposed to be that Tuesday. Right. When they were actually at, the, at their other home. Um, the article goes on to describe a theory that Hauptman was guilty, like John Douglas thinks, but that he had worked with accomplices, one of whom they believed went by the name of John because that was the name given in the Bronx Cemetery by Cemetery John, who said, call me John. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, guess what? Gene immediately put two and two together and was like, well, my childhood mentor stamp collector was named John Knoll. He's like, could John Knoll be Cemetery John? And they were discussing their plans or what had happened wow. that day at the fair. Goose cam. Goose cam. Oh, my gosh. It's just so bananas. Um, after Gene's death, his son Bob took over the quest to link John to the crime. So he contacted John Douglas to be like, does this hold any weight at all? So could John Knoll be Cemetery John? Well, in photos of John Knoll, which they showed, he appears to be about five foot seven with a tall forehead and a large abnormality on his left thumb. <gasps> like, really, you can see it. It's, like, very misshapen, like, very large. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty odd. Then there's this police sketch, and the similarities are almost chilling. Like, they look hardcore goose cam when I saw this. They look almost identical, the sketch and the photograph. Um, 
so it could have been uh, John Knoll, but at the same time, any search through the through Houtman's network at the time never brought up that name. Like there never seemed to be a friend named that, uh, unless they were just really good at hiding it, I guess. But uh, it sounds like it was probably him. I mean, it could be. I mean, I've set my sights on that. Well, sure. Personally. So, I mean, it could be. There was no um, John Knoll ever associated, but it could have been. Additionally, while it is a weird coincidence that Knoll called his compatriot Bruno, Richard Houtman actually never went by the name, even though that was, like, his real mm. name. Even back in Germany, there's a school book from first grade, and he, he only ever wrote Richard, uh, not Bruno. So it's possible, like, maybe he was using that as, like, a alias, alias yeah. maybe. It's not a very good alias. Um, but it's my legal name yeah just the one that's like on all the paperwork you know right 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 but it also throws kind of a wrench in the theory because it's like his buddies wouldn't be calling him bruno but who's to say so and obviously john is a very common name too so it's it's just hard to know whether that it's all very circumstantial so douglas is like well let's put that theory on hold for now um there's a much more controversial theory there's this man named lloyd gardner he's a historian at rucker's who authored a controversial book called The Lindbergh Kidnapping, which proposes the theory that Charles Lindbergh himself was involved in coordinating his own son's kidnapping. So evidence pointing to this theory includes the fact that Lindbergh was extremely controlling of the investigation, using his influence to steer police, even keeping the ransom notes a secret. Like, he was just very intense about... But at the same time, you're like... Well, your child's missing. Of course, you're going to be controlling and right. Like, trying I mean, to... there's no way I wouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. Um, but at the same time, like, why on earth would he have done something so horrific to his own child? Well, Gardner explains that Lindbergh was actually very involved in the eugenics movement, <gasps> aka really yes. And that part, unfortunately, is true. That um, I did not know. Yeah, uh, he's part of the eugenics movement, or he was part of the eugenics movement, a.k.a. the selective breeding of the smartest and strongest, quote-unquote, people to create a superior race, quote-unquote, and sterilizing those who are not physically and or mentally up to what they consider to be par. I see, I see. Yes, and there were rumors that Charlie had physical limitations. Oh. Including doctor's notes that indicated that his fontanel, or like the soft spot, had not closed up. Um, which is supposed to close by age one or two months, but by 20 months was had still not fully fused. So that was an indication that maybe something wasn't totally right. Additionally, he struggled to stand, and he was diagnosed with what appeared to be a mild form of rickets, which is caused by a vitamin D deficiency. So, like, that maybe goes hand in hand. Like, maybe he just wasn't living up to standards that his father I mean, had. he's definitely not the healthiest. Right. But even mild rickets, like, it doesn't impair you that much. Yeah. I mean, my mom had kids as a kid um i don't know so gardner does not believe Lindbergh wanted his son killed to be clear so gardner says he believes the plan was to get him out of the house and into an institution which to be fair was not unusual at the time for families to put maybe they're like the ones they were less proud of like away send them right. away you know um he believes maybe or have something eat their eyes out or there's some eggs out in the back, right? If you're not first, you're last. That's true. Um, yeah, he believes Lindbergh told the kidnappers they would be in town that evening and where the window was and everything. And uh, he believes the kidnapping was botched, that maybe Charlie had been dropped from the window, uh, that maybe he was killed intentionally by the kidnappers who had kind of taken over the plan. Um, but he doesn't believe that Lindbergh wanted him killed. He believes he maybe wanted him just taken away uh so much better at the very least yeah i mean at least he would survive right 
Um, after the kidnapping and death of Charlie, Lindbergh and Annie moved to Germany for three years. And this is where he embraces the ideals of the Nazi party and they embrace him back. So good. Mm. Yeah, not so much an American hero anymore. No. By the 1950s, he's back in Germany and this is where shit just gets wild. Like, I had no idea about I feel like maybe I read about it once, but I didn't connect it. So he assumes an identity called Karu Kent. Karu Kent. In 1958, and secretly fathers seven children with three different German women. He swore the families to secrecy and died in 1974, hoping his double life would remain hidden. But in 2003, some of his German children revealed the truth after DNA testing proved they were Lindbergh's children. What? I know. So he None of this I knew. I know. He fathered all these children in Germany and tried to keep them a secret. And Gardner believes this kind of goes hand in hand with this experimenting of eugenics and trying to, like, spread your seed. That's a big part of it. And I see. And thinking you're a perfect specimen and you need Ugh. to spread to, you know, populate the earth with your... Vomitous. Vomitous race. Um, <laughs> it's horrible. Oh, my God. So, anyway, while the eugenics stuff is factually accurate, like, it's all true, um, Douglas still doesn't believe, like, Lindbergh murdered his own son. He's just like, I don't think that adds Something up. Something must have happened he just doesn't think he was involved. So he says he's, you know, profiling Lindbergh. He believes the man was too controlling to give up a plan to some kidnappers. Like, he's like, I don't think he would have trusted some outsiders to, like, do this. He was too controlling for that to depend on other people to get it done. Sure. Uh, he needed control in every aspect of his life, which is why he took such a hold on this investigation. But then who supplied this information that the family would be in their part-time home on a Tuesday evening? The wife? Well, remember, not the wife, but Violet Sharp, the the servant who took her own life with the oh, silver Oh, right, 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 right. So Douglas believes she was the one who revealed the information, but he doesn't think it was necessarily malicious. He believes she may have inadvertently handed out the info when someone called asking questions like, oh, where are they? Oh, they're not here tonight. They're at the other home. Gotcha. And then the guilt of... You know, not knowing this person had nefarious plans, and then maybe the guilt drove her to take her own life. Sure. Because yeah. she just thought, like, I was involved and she couldn't handle it. Which, I mean, I can't imagine that guilt, too, of, like, you know, if they find out you're the one that told them. Yeah, no, I can't imagine it either. Yeah. So then, obviously, back to Cemetery John. Who's Cemetery John? Well, Douglas believes Bob Zorn could be right that John Knoll is Cemetery John, after all. Because when you look at Knoll's behavior after the murder... There's some red flags. So first off, he seems to have suddenly come into a large amount of money after the crime. Bob explains that he became very generous to Bob's father, Gene, in terms of his stamp collection. He started giving him extremely valuable stamps to add, which, like, and she's like, where are you getting these, like, very right. expensive stamps? Um, what's more, three weeks before Hauptman goes on trial, so before the German Hauptman guy goes on trial, um, what's his name? Cemetery John. John Knoll. He and his wife just peace out of the United States. Oh. <laughs> They're like, bye. They sail round trip to Hamburg on a $700 first class ticket each. Wow. $700 each. Which is, uh, today is the equivalent of, oh, sorry, which I don't know what the equivalent is. But at the time, it was the equivalent of six years of his rent. Holy six shit. years of rent. And he and his wife each bought first class tickets. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, so obviously that's like, okay, well, I don't even know how to figure out six years of my rent. I know I can, I, I'm trying to do it on it's, the spot it's and it's so, so much money. It's oh so my much God. Money. Um, for one trip. Right. And so then it, it's actually, 
interesting because then Noel and his wife didn't return to the U.S. until the day Houtman was convicted and sentenced to death. And that day he's like, okay, I'm coming back now. How convenient. I feel Uh, safe again. Yeah, right. Okay. All eyes are off me. So Douglas knows there's not enough evidence to fully convict Noel, especially now, but he believes he should at least remain a primary suspect. And so while the Lindbergh tragedy led to heartbreak in the U.S., it also led to the Lindbergh Law, which was passed by Congress the day after the kidnapping, before they even knew the baby had died. And it officially made kidnapping a federal crime, which it remains to this day. So gotcha. at least thanks Herbert Hoover for that. Yes. FBI profiler John Douglas says he's still haunted by the ones that got away in this case. He believes that Houtman did not act alone. He's confident that he was that Houtman was guilty, but he also believes that at least one person, whether it was John Knoll or someone else, got away with murder. Wow. And that's the story of the Lindbergh kidnapping. Oof. Sorry, I feel like I rushed through that, but No, that was it was a long one, but... Um, we both had long ones. So we hope that you wanted to listen to something long on your holidays. I mean, nobody's forcing you. I hope that, like, you're not mad and just still listening to this. Maybe you like listening in chunks. I'm glad we yeah. gave you lots of chunks. It's actually not that long. We're at two hours, which, like... Oh, okay. I feel like we've been here for a million Me bajillion too. years. But no, that was a great story. Thank you. Yeah. Terrible. Was, it's terrible, right? But I was really interested because I didn't... I. I thought the baby survived. Clearly, I was, like, so wrong that it wasn't even funny. Like, I was just on the completely other side. So thank you, Nova, for correcting that for me. Um, and thank you all for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you're all having a happy turkey day. Yes, that's right. Happy Thanksgiving. And um, if you uh, want to join our Patreon, we're going to give you some tickets right after Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Don't forget. Cyber Monday coming up real quick. Cyber Monday. Yeah. So, like, the immediately. Second, December 2nd. Um, get ready for that. So join Patreon, and we will send that code out to you. Uh, if you join by December 2nd. On the 4th is the regular pre-sales. You can follow our social media. And on the 6th is everybody else who wants a ticket. Go Yay! for it. And we're going to obviously be releasing cities and dates soon. So that's exciting. And too. everything at the same time. So if they're, yeah. for some reason, if the city is not on the list, then that doesn't mean we're not going to go there in in the future, but not for this tour. Yeah. Unfortunately, we're not adding any more dates um, yeah. because it was just too much last time to um, do them all individually. We want to make sure you guys know ahead of time where we're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for listening. We can't wait to see you in 2020. And um, I mean, we'll be back here next week. So you'll see us again. But yes, unfortunately, we'll be back in your ears after Thanksgiving and many Thanksgivings after that. And that's why we eat turkey. Yay. I was hoping you'd say that. (laughs) And that's why we gobble. Unless you're a vegetarian, then eat some stuffing with me. Okay, bye. In a fast paced world. Every day brings new challenges and new opportunities. At Strayer University, we know a thing or two about getting and staying ahead of change. For over 130 years, we've been providing students like you with innovative tools and customized support. So you can find your way forward and always keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.